is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Great moments are born from great opportunity. And that's what you have here. That's what you've earned here tonight. Forget about the crowd. It's the size of the school. Their fancy uniforms. And remember what got you here. If you put your effort and concentration into playing to your potential to be the best that you can be, I don't care what the scoreboard says, at the end of the game, in my book, we're going to be winners. On this team, we tear ourselves and everyone else around us to pieces for that inch. We claw with our fingernails for that inch because we know when we add up all those inches, that, that, that's going to make the f***ing difference between winning and losing. It's down to the wire with, 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 with Errol Marks and Speedy Petey. On the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Down to the Wire. We are live from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. We started a little late. I had a couple of interviews and a couple of conversations with different people, so I want to apologize to the fans if we started a little late today. Our numbers to call is one 909 And as you know, you can follow us by going to our website at WorldWideSportsRadio.com. You can follow us on all our social medias. If you go to Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, YouTube, TuneIn Radio, Worldwide Sports Radio Network, iHeartRadio. You can check us out on Sirius Radio, not Sirius XM, but Sirius Radio. Uh, our show is played on iHeartRadio on their network. So you can check us out all over the social media markets to listen to our shows every single day. From Monday through Friday from 8 o'clock in the morning to about now, about 11 o'clock at night as of right now. But we're working on some new shows, so stay tuned for that. As we progress with our network, you will hear some different talent and some new people on our network. But first things first, I haven't seen you in a couple of days, Speedy. How are you doing? Did you put those pictures up on our network? I did put the pictures up. Pick the pictures up or put the pictures up? Put the pictures up. Okay. I think you had a tongue twister over there. but Yeah, well, that was a whole complicated procedure doing that video. Well, and you want to know something? It came out pretty good. It came out pretty good. Um, It took three different tries to do it, and I had to shrink every individual image, so it was hard. But it was good. It was good. (laughs) It was good. I liked it. And uh, Mr. Mikey C., I haven't heard from you in a couple of days. How was hanging out with your son this weekend? Um, It was very good because uh, he had his championship Little League game. Of course they won. And he won again. So back-to-back champions, my little guy. Well, that's because two teams were put together. I mean, you said your son's not much of a baseball player. No, he's so unathletic it's not even funny. (laughs) But you said he's good at soccer. I think that's what you said. Yeah, yeah. and the funny part is is, uh, he's been scoring goals in soccer. So he's actually running towards the ball instead of away from it now. So there you go. So maybe soccer is his sport. Maybe the other sports aren't his sport. I don't know. He just plays because of his little, I mean, because of his friends and stuff like that. But he's getting, I'll, I'll give him one thing is that uh, he's actually showing a little bit more effort on trying. So I'll give him that. Well, trying is the best. I mean, yeah. if your son's working hard and he's doing the best that he can, that's so all that doesn't practice. He doesn't really practice, but he'll try harder when he's at the game. And I know somebody, you know what, put him through. Who do we have on the phone? Who are we speaking to? This is CJD Simone, host of the Jets Factor podcast on SoundCloud.com and Sports War Radio Network. How are you this evening, gentlemen? Hello, CJ. You know, CJ, I did tell you that I was going to start my monologue, and I wanted you to call up after the monologue. <laughs> All right. Well, you can stay on. Let me do my monologue before I, I let you uh, entail what you thought about uh, the game yesterday. Great game. Oh, yeah, it was a great game. 
Anyways, uh, I wanted to get into the Jets first because today, more than any other day in the last, I would say, 25 years of being a Jet fan, I've been the most embarrassed Jet fan after watching the game on Sunday. And I don't want to hear about Sam Darnold talking about ghosts on the field when he played New England. I know he's going to be eating that up probably for the rest of his career until he produces something, either a world championship, a Super Bowl, or he becomes one of the best quarterbacks in the league. If he doesn't become any of those or win any of those, he is going to be a laughingstock in the NFL because, he, to me, it's just as bad as the butt fumble coming out and saying it on, at, at the press after the game that he saw ghosts on the field. I got a question. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I, didn't, I saw that people were posting clips. Did the Jaguars in the beginning of the game send like a ghost figure or something like that? Or play Ghostbusters? The mascot was wearing a, a ghost something costume. Like that? And then they were playing Ghostbusters. Halloween. That was all about Halloween. Oh, I thought it was the beginning of the game. No, it was at the two minute warning. It was, it was all, they were it, playing a montage of his interceptions with the Ghostbusters theme. Yeah, that's, that was all because of Halloween. That had nothing to do with him seeing ghosts on the field. Nothing to do with that. Halloween is a couple of days away. That was holiday. Uh, that was Halloween weekend because Halloween Halloween's in the middle of this week. So I don't think it had anything to do with him seeing ghosts uh, with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And any Jet fan or anybody that thinks that that's what was going on or why people were talking about it, I think they're misunderstanding on why the Jacksonville Jaguars did. Yeah, but the Jacks mascot has always been petty too, though. That, so. That's fine. And and Tom Coughlin is not the type of guy that will let somebody do that and. and and make somebody look bad on the field. So I, I don't believe they did that to take a shot at, at Sam Darnold. But for what he said after the Patriots game, and remember, the butt fumble came against the Patriots, and this particular thing came against the Patriots again. So he will never live it up until he wins a championship or he becomes an MVP of the league. Now, can he do that? That's I think too that, high of expectations. Well, I think he can. I, I think they need to build around an offensive line. And that's what I want to get into in this conversation. And I, I'm sorry to all the fans that we have uh, a fire sound in the background. They're working on the fire. What are they? Fire extinguishers here? <laughs> I have no idea what they're doing. It's but the they're fire alarms. I think they're reinstalling new fire alarms. They're a bunch of idiots. That's what I, they, they, They're doing this over and over again. And we keep telling them we're going live on a radio show, and they're still doing it. I, I think that's because Rich Maggio's doing it. That's why. Rich Maggio is doing it, guys. And that's why we have this weird sign. They keep going up and down, up and down. Hopefully that's the last time we hear that terrible Now, now the real sound. question, what's worse, that or the church people in the other building? No, that's worse. That's worse. That's worse. I mean, at least you hear, like, you know, through walls. You hear this right on top of us. All right, just curious. But the offensive line has been absolutely horrendous. And I don't want to hear from Adam Gase or any of the offensive-minded coaches, the wide receiver coaches, and I'm not going to name them because everybody knows who he is. I don't want to hear from the Jets coaches after the game that, well, this wasn't my offensive line. I didn't build this offensive line. I came to this team with the players that I had, and I'm going to play with the players that I had. I don't want to hear that from Adam Gase because Adam Gase is the guru. He's the offensive guru that Chris Johnson said that is going to lead this team for the next five years. This is the same coach that has been complaining 
about players since Miami, since Chicago, since Denver. This is a guy that doesn't work very, very well with his players, and players really start to move away from him, not like him, want out of the organization because of him. Now, there were stories coming out a couple of weeks ago about Jamal Adams wanting out with the New York Jets. I don't know if it's not true or not true. I mean, he said it's not true, but there has to be some kind of story behind it for it to be true. And right now, when you look at the New York Jets and how embarrassing that offensive line is, look at Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell, 93% of his extra yards come from after hit, after him being hit behind the line of scrimmage. 93%. That means that Le'Veon Bell, who has close to 400 yards this year, should have double that. Or even eight or 900 yards the way he could be running the ball if the offensive line could actually open up holes. So Le'Veon Bell, the signing of Le'Veon Bell was worthless because the Jets can't use his ability, his strengths... To their advantage. The screen passes. Have we seen one screen pass in the last three weeks? We haven't. Right, but in Gase's defense for that. I, too, I don't want to hear any Gase's defense. The Jets fans were complaining the first month of the season that they were too simple in the playbook and he wasn't opening it. Now they're actually trying. Uh, they're trying and there's nobody to block. Do you know Sam Darnold has the quickest release in, in the NFL? The quickest release. Okay. 2.5 seconds. The Jets don't even give him 2.5 seconds to throw the ball. That's a problem. And everybody says, well, he's thrown, I don't know, 11 or 12 interceptions in the last three weeks. When a quarterback is scared in the pocket and he's getting hit eight or nine times, getting sacked. Last week he got sacked 10 times. This week he got sacked eight times. He got sacked 18 times in two weeks. What do you think a quarterback, what do you, mentally, what do you think a quarterback goes through behind the line of scrimmage when people, beasts are coming after him, 350-pound beasts. No, ghosts. I don't know what they are. Beasts. Ghosts. Coming after him and killing him and attacking him. What do you think he's going to do? He's going to throw the ball whenever. He's going to out-throw the ball. He's going to overthrow the ball. Or he's going to throw the ball early so the, the wide receivers can't get in the spots that he wants to throw the ball to. This happens to every quarterback. This has happened to Aaron Rodgers over the years. This has happened to um, Tom Brady, Drew Brees. If you can get in his face... It's going to throw him off his mark. The woes of the New York Jets right now is their offensive line. Now, their secondary was horrendous yesterday. I don't want to hear about I don't want to talk, I don't want to hear what Jamal Adams has to say after the game. Well, we, we were put in the wrong situation. I blame myself. I don't want to hear that. As a fan, it's CJ Mosley getting, getting hurt again. Another, another hamstring, a quad problem. He's out for another five to six weeks. That was a waste of signing for this year. That was a waste. Quinn Williams, he can't show his talents because the defensive line can't get to the quarterback. So teams are pushing three players on Quinton Williams so he can't get to the quarterback. He can't split the, the offensive line to get to the quarterback because they're double and triple teaming. This is the same thing that happened to Leonard Williams all these years. I don't want to hear about Greg Williams being a genius because to me, he has been nothing but utter ridiculous on the way he calls his plays in the middle of the game. I was watching. He was playing a prevent defense 
with the last two minutes of the second quarter. A prevent defense when you're down by, what, 13? What was the score thir- in, in, the, in the second quarter? I think it was 13-something. I think it was 13-7, I want to say. You're playing a prevent defense. That's what you're doing against a backup quarterback. Now, was it two minutes? Like I early, don't, early in the it two, was minutes, two and a half like minutes. Seconds? It was two and a half minutes, Speedy. Okay. All right, yeah, then that's an excuse. It was two and a half right. minutes, okay. and he was playing prevent defense. On first down? Throughout the whole, the whole plays, man. Okay. Yeah. What do you that's... mean first down? Since two and, a, two and a half minutes in a game, he was playing prevent defense. Yeah, that doesn't seem right. This is a guy that's a mastermind. This is a guy that's a smart guy behind. This is a great defensive-minded coach. This is a guy that all the Jet fans, including me, thought was going to be a great pickup for the New York Jets. They traded Leonard Williams to the Giants today, which is the first trade I've seen the Jets and the Giants make of significance in a very long time. No, I don't I even remember. I think they said it was the first one ever. There you go. And the Jets got a third and a fifth. I think it was a good move for the Jets. I think they've got, they got what I think Leonard Williams is really worth. Leonard Williams might not sign back with the Giants. You don't think they could have gotten more from a contender, though? No, not at all. Obviously, they, they, they couldn't because they were reaching out to more than seven teams, and seven teams were yeah, interested. I actually thought he was going to Kansas City. I kept hearing Kansas City Chiefs. I did, too, yeah. Kansas City offered, I think, Kansas, what I was hearing, Kansas City was offering a three, uh, not a three, a, a four and a five. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm surprised that more contenders wouldn't have pushed for him, especially since he is very young and he's very versatile. Yeah, well, the problem is, is what has he done? And that's, that's what, what it, it is. It's but, what has he done? In that, see, people, you know, you got other teams that are trying to salivate and buy on the low in the sense to where he's been horrible, he's been unprotect, uh, un, unproductive. So just all those factors go in to where why should I give you any value? But Arrow mentioned it before. He's been double, triple team the whole time. That's fine. I understand. That's fine. So is but Aaron people, Donald. Yeah. So is Aaron Donald. He's, got, he's getting double, triple team, but he's not a rookie. He's not a rookie anymore, so Aaron Donald expected to go through those, defend, uh, those offensive linemen. He's expected to do that because of the talent that he is and what he's done over the years. Quentin Williams, uh, he's a rookie. Leonard Williams has been in the league for three or four years, and he hasn't done it now. He's never going to do it. He's never going to do it. I don't care who's his defensive coordinator, even Bill Belichick. I think Leonard Williams was a bust. He was a bust. And, I, and the Giants taking him, maybe they think they can – Fix him? I don't know if they're going to fix him, and we're going to see very, very quickly if they can fix him. Well, I don't really love it for the Giants either because I really don't think he fits with that kind of defense, unless they're planning on getting rid of Betcher. But as of right now, he really he's doesn't gone. fit with that defense. Oh, he's definitely gone. He's gone. I think he should be too. I'm and Sherman might be gone weird. too. They, Sherman might be gone too. If they don't clean house, then they're, they're just as dysfunctional as the Jets. Well, they are dysfunctional just They've as bad as the Jets. Yeah. Just as bad as the Jets. No, no, but I'm saying, you know, I mean, the Jets need to clean house Again, I mean, I hate to say it well, again. Well, the one thing I can say that the Jets have right is Joe Douglas. I think Joe Douglas is a, is a great mind. He's a great football mind. And I think when he gets a chance to build a team around where he thinks the team should be, I think Sam will be in good hands. I think the guy knows how to build an offensive line. He's done it over the years. He did it with Philadelphia. He helped do it with Philadelphia. He, helped it. he did help in the beginning stages of Chicago, and he did it for he, all, all those years with uh, Baltimore, he won two titles with Baltimore. Yeah, that's where I would judge the most with Joe Douglas because he's learned a lot from Ozzie Newsome, who probably when he was GM, he, I think he was the best GM in football. So when I look at the Jets right now, the most embarrassing thing to watch the New York Jets and to talk about with the New York Jets, it's not Sam Darnold. 
He's 22 years old. And I'm so sick and tired of listening to all these guys, all these fans. Oh, he's a bust. He's a bust. How is a quarterback going to be able to get his release point where he wants it if he's getting hit every time he gets the chance to throw it? That's the problem with the Jets. They can't protect him. Asamale, whatever his name is, he, he gets his surgery. The Jets told him they don't, want him to, they don't want him to get his surgery. He decides to go and get his surgery. The Jets drop him. Oh, he got released? Yeah, they released him. Wow. They released I didn't him know they released him. They released him yesterday because yesterday he went for his surgery, and then they released him. Wow. Oh, Smealy. Asamale, whatever his name what is. What did they trade, like a fourth round, a sixth round, something Fifth like round. that? Fifth round draft Fifth round pick, pick for him. Wow. And now the Raiders can get him back if they want <laughs> I don't think he's going anywhere. I, I think a lot of teams are going to well, no, look at him. shoulder surgery now. I think a lot of teams are going to look at him and, and think, uh, why are we going to take this guy? This guy didn't want to play for the Jets. He played, what, two games, one game, one and a half games, complaining about his shoulder, talking about the Jets' offensive line is going to be a top offensive line. That, that, the Jets' offensive line is the worst defense, offensive line in football. It is the worst offensive line in football. And by the way, the Jets, they can't even get a pass rush. They can't even get a pass rush. And I don't want to hear from everybody saying, well, oh, they got Quinn Williams. He's going to be a bust. And they should have gotten Josh Allen. Josh Allen, he looks like a stud. We don't know what Quinn Williams is. You know why we don't know who Quinn Williams is? Because they don't have a pass rush. They don't have a pass rusher. So how do we know what Quinn Williams is going to be if every team is strategically clogging up the middle with two or three guys and stopping a rookie? Plus, it's harder for a 3-4 end, just in general, rookie or not, to be able to have as much impact as a 4-3 defensive end or a 3-4. It's embarrassing. Absolutely embarrassing what the Jets did yesterday. And Adam Gase should be ashamed of himself. It's not Sam Donald's fault. It's not any of... Anything what I've heard over the last couple of days from Stephen A. Smith saying that we don't know what Sam is or Sam's a bust, how the hell do you know? How the hell do you know? If I put, if I put, I don't know, who's, who's the best offensive line in football right now? The Eagles. The Eagles. If I put the, no wonder why, Joe Douglas. If I put the Eagles offensive line in front of Sam Donald, do you think he's going to play better? Absolutely. 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 They're going to protect the hell out of him. I'd take the Colts over the Eagles. Okay, that's fine. The Colts. That's fine. You put Sam Donald behind the Colts offensive line. Don't you think he's going to get the ball to the players that he wants? He absolutely will. By the way, who does he have to throw to? Who's he throwing to? Come on, you got that star, all-star, Pro Bowl, Crowder, right? Oh, yeah. Crowder. I mean, Crowder. The problem with Crowder is he's a slot guy. If you're down on the 11-yard line, are you going to throw it in the slot? Are you, you're, you're third and 11. You think you're going to throw it to a slot guy? You're not going to do that. That's the problem with the Jets. They're falling, they're falling behind in games, and then they're, they're, try, they're not using Le'Veon Bell to his, their advantage. This guy could do all these different things. I haven't seen it. This offensive guru that we've been talking about, and I think it's just the most embarrassment to watch this guy call plays. CJ, what's going on, man? Well... <laughs> I wanted you to calm down a little bit first there, Errol, because, I mean, uh, I, I definitely feel your pain, as well as a lot of other people. Uh, a lot of Jets Nation right now is feeling your pain. And there are quite a few fans that feel the same way as you, that uh, Adam Gase is just not the right man for the job. I think we'll get a real telltale sign when the New York Jets take on the Miami Dolphins this upcoming weekend. But this Jacksonville game was supposed to be a get-right game for the New York Jets, and it was anything but. 
And it started off where it looked like it was going to be a, a get-right game when Sam had a nice drive, 7 for 7, 87 yards, that resulted in a Ryan Griffin 24-yard touchdown. But then after that, it just seemed like that the wheels fell off the wagon. By the way, and, who's, who's Ryan Griffin? By the way, I just, just wanted to say that. Who the hell's Ryan Griffin? A reject Texans tight end. Exactly. Exactly. Go ahead, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, well, Ryan Griffin, believe it or not, in, in this, you know, shell of an offense that we have running here at the New York Jets uh, is actually proving to be uh, Sam Donald's security blanket, something that uh, we were expecting Chris Herndon to be uh, once he got back from suspension, but then he injured his hamstring, and now we really don't have a clear-cut answer as to when Chris Herndon is going to take the field. And really, you know, here we are sitting at the midpoint of the season with the Jets being 1-6. and It's a tremendous disappointment to fans all over the world because we came into this this season with very high hopes. And you brought up a couple of good points. The New York Jets offensive line is probably the worst in football. Period. Point blank. But our offensive line has been 30th, 29th, 28th for the past five and six years. And I laid this at the feet of Mike McCagnin. And the reason why I laid it at the feet of Mike McCagnin is because you knew that Nick Mangold was getting up in age. You knew that the Brickishaw Ferguson was getting up in age. Okay, they had been rotating players in and out. And instead of going and drafting players, drafting depth guys, drafting offensive linemen. Well, he did. He second round Ryan. picks, right. He, fi- he, he did draft offensive linemen. They just were duds. They were duds. Right. Everyone, every offensive lineman that Mike McCagney drafted. Remember, Mangold and Ferguson were drafted by Mangini. They were drafted by Mangini. That had nothing to right. do with anything, Rex Ryan or any one of those guys. They have not built their offensive line since Mangini. It is embarrassing. It is absolutely embarrassing. And I agree with you, CJ. This is the worst offensive line in football. This might be the worst offensive line I have ever seen the Jets have. That's how bad it is. Last year was bad. This is horrendous. Yeah, I completely agree. And... You know, the problem is is that we're, we're, we're seeing a lot of comparisons now to the Rich Kotite days. I don't think it's that bad, to, to be honest with you. I mean, it is pretty close. You know, injuries didn't help the Jets at all with this season. You know, you brought up the issue with C.J. Mosley. Okay, C.J. Mosley, pretty much a bust for this season. You know, him being injured. You know, he wasn't the same after week one. The groin injury was probably a lot more serious than they communicated it uh, communicated to us. First off, uh, Kalecio Assembly, when they made the trade for him, they knew that he had underlying shoulder issues. They still made the trade for him anyway, hoping that their medical staff would be able to work whatever miracles uh, or lack thereof to try and get this guy in, in, in game shape. The whole issue with that is just a complete mess. Uh, you know, it's really not even worth talking about, but The offensive line was never really addressed. And Joe Douglas coming in, taking over for Mike McCagnin when he was let go, really was hamstrung because he basically had $18 million in cap space, had to scavenge, uh, had to to basically go through the scrapyard to find guys to come in to compete that just weren't good enough. So I don't blame Joe Douglas for standing pat 
and really the biggest move that he made was talking Ryan Khalil out of uh, out of retirement, and that unfortunately did not work out in the New York Jets' well, favor. When he's your so, best offensive lineman, you know, you know your line is an issue, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, it, it's the the problem is is that this offensive line has been an issue for the past five to six years. At, it's and the constant answers to it was go out, hire veterans, hire Band-Aids, and hope the problem will take care of itself. When it, it's a multi-pronged issue, you need to go through the draft and you need to draft those big uglies in the first and second and third round, and they need to hit. But that's and another problem, problem Mike yeah. McCagnin, Lack of second-round picks, Mike right. McCagnin was a poor judge of talent. Mm-hmm. Don't give me Jamal Adams. Don't give me Sam Darnold. Don't give me Leonard Williams, who we just traded to right. the Giants. Mike McCagnin was a horrible judge of talent. I'll say it again for the people in the back that didn't hear me. Mike McCagnin was a horrible judge of talent. The sooner people accept this, the, the, the easier it will be to move on. And that's why I'm willing to punt on this season. I was ready to punt on this season at the bye because I really had no confidence in this offensive line to protect Sam Darnold which unfortunately makes Adam Gase look like a doofus because if you can't protect your quarterback, Sam can't execute the offense. Plain and simple. And I know that's going to be and, and I know that's going to be the excuse in the offseason for Adam Gase. Well, we didn't have an offensive line. I didn't build the offensive line. Give me a year give me another year with Sam with a better offensive line. We'll go after Conklin uh, if he's available uh, from Tennessee. We'll add him to the left tackle position. We'll get a uh, we'll get a right tackle or we'll get another left tackle that can play right tackle, a young guy to play on the other side and then we'll build around the middle uh, throughout the offseason. Yeah, the Georgia has a good top five offensive linemen they could draft. I, I mean, this is, this is the problem right now with the Jets right now because Sam is getting hurt. This is the same thing that happened to Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck was a... It's also the same thing that happened to, to Ryan Tannehill. Yep. Take a look at Ryan Tannehill in, in, in Miami. He spent more time on the, injured reserve, on the injured reserve report because his offensive line was suspect. Right, but they also the they made a lot better effort to draft offensive linemen than the Jets did, though. And they at least right, had it as a did. priority in many different drafts, whereas the Jets really just haven't prioritized it in early rounds. Now, some right, drafts they can't really help. Like 2016 was a good offensive line draft, but they were picking 19th, so that was kind of hard. But still, like with second-round picks, third-round picks, you got to hit on those because those should be NFL starters at least. Well, I think, uh, I mean, I don't like to break out other shows, but I saw a clip that came across social media that Bart Scott was going over the Jets draft picks from 2010. From 2010, half of them are not even in the league anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a problem. That's, that's a problem, and that's why they brought Joe Douglas in, who is a talent evaluator. Everybody, everybody that I've read, this is a guy that everybody has spoken very, very highly of, that this guy was the next big GM in the league. Now, we have to see what he's going to do in his draft the first year. And he's trying right now he's trying to build around the draft. He's trying to get rid of players. Robbie Anderson might be on the next the next guy out. They might trade they might trade maybe a Marcus May before the trade deadline. They might do that because I know that's not what you want, CJ, but the way he looks at it is is that he'll have pieces that he can build around and then he wants to build his own foundation where he thinks that this team is going to be for the next five years, ten years, so you can build around Sam Darnold. Here's the problem right now. Nobody expected Sam to have mono in the beginning of the season. Nobody expected that. After that Buffalo game and losing that game when they should have won that game, it really set the season up where there could be failure. 
And then Sam was out for five weeks. You brought in a quarterback. Uh, you brought Trevor Simeons in. Trevor Simeons was he got hurt the first game he was in against Cleveland. You bring in this kid, Falk. He was terrible. He, he, he's not even in the NFL anymore, I don't think. I don't think any team picked him up. He was terrible. And then you bring Sam Donald back. His first game back, he, he, was, he, he played well. And then he beat the Cowboys. And then he, he, goes, he goes and he plays New England in, in MetLife Stadium and throws up a dud because they can't protect him. They can't protect right. him. He hurt his nail, his toenail. They said they had to rip. He had to get it surgically removed after the game. He's playing with a bad toe, which people aren't talking about, by the way. Has anybody lost a nail on their toe? Has anybody yeah. done that? Because I'll tell you this right now. I lost a nail on my finger, my pinky. It was, it, not only was it painful, for weeks, for weeks until it started growing and the bruise went away, it was killing me. Could you imagine doing that on your toe? You're throwing toe. So yeah, and especially it doesn't give them the ability to be able to plant to mobile. really put the arm strength into uh, into the passes. Mm-hmm. So you know, I mean, he's trying to do the best that he can out there. But this is the biggest problem with Sam Donald. No growth. A- and I think this is something that's not really being talked about. And I really think it does need to be talked about. Sam Donald is trying to play hero ball out there. Because he feels like that everything is on his shoulders. He's trying to do too much because he feels like that the team's record and the team's position is because of him. And it's not because of him. His offensive line is failing him. Sam Darnold, what he needs to do is take a step back, take a deep breath, and just let the play come to him. Because right now, the game is moving at a million miles an hour and Sam is having difficulty keeping up. That's where the ghost comment came in. I don't think he trusts you name me. You name me one Hall of Fame quarterback, both past and present, that has not at one time and another seen ghosts on that field after being under duress because their offensive line is, is a leaky sieve. Oh, that name offensive line. No, I'm going to tell you right now, what I've seen, I don't blame Sam Darnold at all. And I don't care. I was reading off of social media what people were saying about Sam and stuff like that. And all this stuff. Now, Daniel Jones, he had a good game the other day. Uh, he did. He played well. Yeah, an okay he, game. He played well. Four touchdowns, 300 and some odd yards. That's pretty good for a rookie quarterback. I'm sorry. That's a, good, that's a good game. They didn't win because they played a better team, and that, that defense is terrible. But here's the problem. You're seeing progression with Daniel Jones because they got an offensive line. At least their offensive. It's not great. It's not a top-end offensive line. But they're nowhere close to the New York Jets. I mean, they're giving him time to throw the ball. Sam Darnold, yesterday's game, they were, they, were, they were looking at the timing of him throwing the ball. In, what did they say, 75% of the snaps, he had 1.7 seconds to throw the ball. One, right, not enough time to throw the ball. And he has the, fast, and he has the fastest release in the NFL. In the NFL, he's got a faster yeah, release, got a than, faster release than, than Tom Brady. Tom Brady, yes, he does. Here's the problem: if you think that if Sam Donald was on the Patriots on that offensive line, he would look this bad right now, no, he wouldn't. No. Because you know what Bill Belichick would say: if you can't get it to the deep guy, throw it to the slot. We got two slot guys that can move. We have a tight end that can move in the middle. He's going to set it. He's going to set it. We we have two running backs that can run in the middle, running slants, throw screen passes, and do the things that we need you to do. They don't have these weapons. They don't. And I don't want to hear from Adam Gase because you came into the season says, you said 
that we can be a top offensive team with this team. How? How? Le'Veon Bell can't even move behind the line of scrimmage. He's getting killed. I'm sure that Le'Veon Bell, after the game, is probably sitting down in front of his locker and says, what the hell was I thinking coming to this team with this offensive line? This is going to ruin my career. I was talking about Hall of Fame. I'm not going to the Hall of Fame if I'm staying here with this offensive line. They're going to have to do something miraculously in the offseason to get this offensive line better. They're going to have to go and spend big money for a guy like Conklin. They're going to have to. Do they have a lot of cop space for this? They will make – they're going to have a lot of – Leonard will have a decent amount. Leonard Williams is gone. So Leonard Williams wanted $90 million. They're not going to pay Leonard Williams. He's gone. So they're going to have money to put towards Conklin or somebody else. He is going to have to build around this offensive line. And I'm talking about – you have two third-round draft picks? This is what I do. My first-round pick, offensive lineman. My second-round pick, wide receiver. My third-round picks – I'm drafting offensive linemen. I'm building around the line right now. Get a good offensive lineman to play on the left tackle position. Bring in a rookie left tackle to move to the right tackle. Then you solidify your corners for the next six years. Solidify it. Help protect your quarterback. And then build in the middle of the field, which you can in the later part of the drafts. You can find yourself a guard in the third or fourth round. You can find two guards in the third round. That's what they're going to have to do. That's what they're going to have to do. Because to me, right now, everything that we've seen, all the top teams right now in the league, all of them, they all have good offensive lines. Green Bay? Besides Houston, yes. Green Bay, great offensive line. Kansas City? Mm, good. Average offensive it's line. It's a good offensive it's line. It's good enough, though. How many, times, how many times was Mahomes sacked before he got hurt? Five was times? It? No, it was more than that. No, it was five or six times, Speedy. Go look at the numbers. I think it was like nine, if I remember correctly. It's not a lot. He played four or five games. He got sacked like five, six times. Right, that's also his mobility, too. So is Sam. Sam is the same. Oh, I know. He's just as mobile as Mahomes is. I know. So you're, you're, I'm talking about how bad is this offensive line to watch this craziness of this kid running for his dear life. He was chucking the ball. That ball that he threw the interception to Jacksonville in the middle of the field, he threw that ball up hoping that Robbie Anderson would be there because he's so scared. Before that, what was that, in second quarter? Before that, he got sacked like four times. Josh Allen hit him twice. I mean, this is, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing for this team. I'm embarrassed to be a Jet fan. And Adam Case, I'm telling you right now, if they lose against my, if they have, a, they have three games right now that are winnable games. If they lose Two out of these three games, I'm firing him at the end of the year. I don't want to hear any excuses how bad the offensive line is. He is not the guy I want Sam Donald to build around. Sam is still the youngest quarterback in the NFL right now, starting quarterback in the NFL right now. I'm not talking about the rookie kids that came in for the starters. I'm not talking about it. I'm talking about the, 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 the number one quarterback on every single team. He is the youngest quarterback in the NFL. This is two years wasted for this guy. Two years. Wasted. Errol. Yeah. I want to throw a number at you. Mm-hmm. 17. That's, That's how many sacks. That's the amount of NFL starts that, oh. that uh, Sam Donald has under his belt right now. Mm-hmm. 17. 17. Okay. How many, and, and let's do this math. How many times was he sacked in those 17 games? 
I will bet you. Oh, I would bet you he was sacked at least fifty times. By the way, I was right. Nine sacks allowed, excluding yeah last. Uh, week. How many games, Speedy? Ex- excluding last week, so the seven games they played. The okay, Chiefs. so seven games, nine sacks. Nine that's sacks not a lot. Allowed. No, that's not, not a lot. No, it's good. That's two sacks a game. Yeah, that's good. That's two sacks a game. Sam is getting hit eight this week. Eight sacks this week. Ten sacks against the Patriots. Eighteen sacks in back-to-back weeks. How are you expecting this kid to do anything? I'd be scared. You got a 305-pound guy coming at a 45, five seconds flat. He's coming at full speed trying to kill you. I mean, yeah, seriously. That's exactly what he's trying to do. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I wouldn't want to be on the field either. I'd be scared as hell. And this is a big man. Sam is a big man. He's six foot three, two hundred and thirty-five pounds. He's he's one of the biggest quarterbacks in the NFL. And the fact is, is that he's scared to death that he's getting hit. This is a kid that played linebacker in high school. This is a problem. Okay? This is a huge problem. And what scares me when finally we see Sam Donald take off, here's the problem. He has three years left of his rookie contract. Once he starts to take off and they finally get it right, he will either leave because he doesn't want to get killed anymore or it it, it could have affected five, six, seven years of his career, or he's going to retire just like Andrew Luck. I'm going to get my contract. I'm going to make my 50, 60 million. I'm going to retire. I don't need any more money. And this is what I fear as a Jet fan. We have a franchise quarterback. We don't know how good he's going to be because they're not building around him. Their number one pick this year was a defensive lineman. Would I have went that route? Probably not. But it probably was the not the draft. That's fine. That's probably not the way I would have went. I would have done something else. I would have traded down. If you could, yeah. They could have. I would have traded down. But they didn't. They went after Quinn Williams. Now, do I think Quinn Williams is a bust? No. I don't think he's a bust. I just don't think they're, we're going to see how good Quinn is going to be until we find or the Jets find a pass rusher that can get consistently a consistent pressure. Look at what Nick Bosa is doing for San Francisco. That Monster. defensive line, that defensive line last year was ranked at 21. They were 21 in all of the NFL. Do you know what that defensive line is ranked right now? Two. It's two in the league. One player changed everything. One player changed everything for San Francisco. San Francisco is 7-0. And, oh. and they didn't, they're not playing crappy teams. They've beaten good teams. They've beaten good teams. And they've also gotten also really good uh, performances from their, uh, their secondary, which was awful last year, has been average, and their pass rush has just been great. Well, you, you know what makes a good secondary? Right. A good front seven. If you could put pressure, what's the quarterback I mean, going to yeah, do? It helps. He's going to throw it. It helps a lot. He's going to throw it up. He's going to be scared. You're going to force the ball. That's what Sam Darnold's doing. He's forcing the ball. He is scared in the pocket. When you're scared. Right. He's trying to play hero ball, yeah. Errol. Yeah. That's what I said before. He's, try- he's trying to shoulder the load to take, uh, to take everything upon himself, and he's making poor decisions with the football because he's trying to force plays that aren't there. That's another thing with the whole seeing ghosts out there. Because when you're throwing into triple coverage, any NFL quarterback is going to tell you, you throw into triple coverage, bad things are going to happen. Mm-hmm. Okay? doesn't matter how fast your receiver is. He's trucking the ball up there hoping that his receivers are going to make a play for him. And his receivers are not making the play. 
All right, and another thing that I want to bring up, you know, a couple of those interceptions in the Patriots game uh, that uh, 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 Stephon Gilmore uh, ended up picking picking off when he was trying to hit Demarius Thomas in the end zone. You know, Demarius Thomas could have made a play on that ball too, instead of just jumping up and doing jumping jacks like a doofus in the <laughs> back of the end zone. Yo, he could have went up there and he could have he could have at least at, at the minimum break up the pass. So it wasn't an interception. So I mean, we can't we, we can't fault Sam for all of these interceptions. I don't he's think making bad decisions. I, I don't think any of these. Is. I don't you know think what he's forced to make these decisions because the offensive line is not giving him the opportunity to go through his progression. I don't think any of the interceptions were his fault. I, I'm going to tell. I'm going to quickly tell you why, and we have to go to a break. I'm going to tell you why I don't think any of the interceptions were his fault. If you watch every part of the last two games that the Patriots, the Patriots played in the first half of the game, they were killing him in the beginning of the game. They were hitting him. They were hitting him enough. Even when he, was, he wasn't getting sacked, they were hitting him. Every single time he was, he was hiking the ball and he had the ball for more than three seconds, he was getting hit by the time he threw the ball away. When you get the guy, when you get the quarterback off his spot, he then realizes he's not going to have enough time. So you know what he's going to do? He's going to change his timing and try to force the ball into places that he can't get the ball to. This is this is what we've seen quarterbacks do. Aaron Rodgers has done this before. Aaron, the great Aaron Rodgers. Tom Brady has done this. Look what the look what the, the Giants did to him in the Super Bowls. The back to, the Super Bowls that he, in 2007 and 2011. What did they do? They put pressure on the middle with uh, Tom Brady. They had outside rushers, but they jammed up the middle in the A gaps. And what it did is it threw Tom Brady out of the pocket in certain situations where he couldn't throw the ball, where he was forcing the ball, and then he couldn't get it to the wide receivers, the Randy Mosses and the. Right. Uh, the um, Wes, Welker. Wes Welkers and, and all the other guys and the, the running backs. He couldn't do the things that he did in the open field. When you give him enough time and you're protecting him, well, then you see how good Tom Brady could be. I'm not saying that Sam Donald's Tom Brady. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that if you give Sam enough time for his progressions, he's going to get the ball to the right guy. And he don't even have guys to throw it to. So Robbie Anderson is garbage, okay? Yeah. Demarius Thomas is a shell of himself. Crowder is a slot he receiver. Is is, right. He's a slot receiver. If you're a third and 11, you're not throwing it to the slot. I'm sorry if you know anything about football. You're not throwing it to a slot receiver third and 11. You're not doing right. that. You're throwing it to your deep threat, or you're throwing it to your, your other guy in the side. You're going to throw it to your outside guys to make the play. They don't have any outside guys. All of them are old or can't. They have pot hands. They can't catch the ball. <laughs> I mean... How many times did he throw to Robbie? Two of the interceptions yesterday was forcing a ball to Robbie Anderson. Right. You're thinking ahead. Hey, Robbie, you know the ball is coming around your vicinity. Don't you think you should lunge for the ball and try to knock it away from the, uh, the, the corner that's trying right. to, to intercept it? He seems to rely too much on his raw speed. It's just ridiculous. And I want Robbie Anderson gone. I want, I want this whole offensive perspective besides Sam gone. I want it all gone. They're all and gone. I don't want to see any offensive linemen from this team next year. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see any of the wide receivers besides Crowder and Le'Veon Bell. That's it. That's it. I don't want to see anybody else. Even Herndon. And Herndon. But Herndon hasn't proven himself this well, year either. Right, he's been hurt. The guy so, right, can't. No, he got right, suspended, suspended for four games. What about, what about Ty Montgomery? 
Ty Montgomery's going to be gone, and I'll tell you why they're gonna, the Jets are going to let, let Ty Montgomery gone. If they decide to keep Adam Gase for one more year, which quite possibly could happen, because I know Joe Douglas, he's all about the old school, and the old school tells you you give the coach another year to see what he, he's going to do. I, I can't see Ty Montgomery fitting the Adam Gase offense. I, I, just can't, I can't see Le'Veon Bell fitting it. I could see Le'Veon Bell getting traded in the offseason. I could see it happening. I think the Jets are going to say, you know what? We'll draft, a, we'll draft a running back in the late rounds. You don't need to have Le'Veon Bell on this roster. Trade him away, get a pick for him. We'll get a second or a third for him. We'll, we'll build around what we have. The problem is, is when they build the offensive line in the next two or three years and they're good, I told you, Sam will be a free agent. Is Sam going to be willing to stay on when he's 25 years old, when he becomes a free agent, when he could say, you know what, I'm 25 I'm still very, very young. I'm not even in the prime of my career. I can go to New England after Tom Brady. I can go to um, Atlanta now that uh, their quarterback, is, you know, Ryan, is getting old. I can go to these teams and I can play with better offenses, better offensive linemen, better ownership. That's what I worry about with Sam because I, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not crazy to say this. I think Sam is a franchise quarterback. I think he is. But we're never going to know this until they, fi- they find a way to build around this offensive line. And I believe, I believe in Joe Douglas. I think he's going to figure it out. By the, by the time that happens, I don't know if we're going we're gonna to get to see this in, in, in what we, we believe we were going to see in the last two years. CJ, why don't you tell everybody how they can reach you and how they can follow you? Absolutely. My name is CJ the Painkiller D. Simone. I'm the host of the Jets Factor podcast on SoundCloud.com and the Sports War Radio Network. You can follow the show on Twitter. At CNC Jets Factor, you can follow me at JetsFan0523. Shoot the show an email, thejetsfactor at gmail.com. Uh, we also have a YouTube channel as well, the Jets Factor Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, any place you get your podcast fix. Just Google the Jets Factor Podcast and you'll be able to find us. Errol, thank you again for having me on. Absolutely, and we will sit down and talk because I, I do want to get you on the network. So we will talk about it. I, we've been very, very busy with some of the transitions and some of the new talent that we have, but I will be talking to you, CJ. I'm sorry for all the mishaps in the last couple of months. So, No, it's okay. When you get the opportunity, reach out. Be more than happy to sit down and have a conversation with you. Awesome. So, by the way, you got an open invite to come on the show. Just hit me up, and uh, we'll make it happen. Thanks, CJ. CJ, and you heard him. He's, he's a passionate Jet fan. He has his own thoughts to the Jets, and his thoughts are quality thoughts. He's speaking as a Jet fan. But he's also speaking as a football an- analytic type of person. And, and, and to him, the Jets are a really bad team right now. And the offensive line looks really bad. Andrew well, Thomas is the name of the Georgia lineman I was referring to. They should absolutely take him if they have a top five pick. All right, we're going to go to a quick break. When we come back, we'll get into the Giants and throughout the NFL in week number eight. When we come back, one eight seven seven nine zero nine ninety nine seventy seven. This is Down to the Wire, and we'll be back after this. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, 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 you're listening to Down to the Wire on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. one 877 is the number. And remember, you can follow us by going to our website at WorldWideSportsRadio.com. Remember, follow us on our social medias. Yes, put them through. Jeff, what's going on, man? Mikey C., how are you, my friend? 
Good. How are you? How's everything? I'm a little underneath the weather. Happy Victory Monday. Oh, of course. Every Monday. I think it's going to be one of those undefeated seasons. I mean, it could be. It could be. You know, now that you got the uh, the depression hour out of the way, talking about Sam Darnold and stuff, I wanted to ask Mikey C. what he thought of that performance yesterday from his Patriots. Oh, I mean, it, it was literally taking candy from a baby. I mean, Jarvis Landry started it off with bulletin board material, you know, and it just followed suit the rest of the game. I mean, the only, the only thing that was really containing the Patriots from pouring it on was the weather. That's it. And then they started, you know, they started feeling bad because Tom Brady was starting to pick up the Browns off the field. How about the rumors, Jeff, about Tom Brady maybe fleeing New England after this season? That's fine. doesn't bother me. I mean, you can't, like, if that's what he wants to do and that's what would make him happy, you have to, like, you just have to respect that. He spent, you know, 20 years playing football for New England. All he's been doing is winning. If he wants to move on and go out to L.A., God bless him. Well, I don't know where he's going. I mean, I've been hearing stories about Tennessee. There's some rumors about L.A. I mean, I don't know where he's heading or where he's determining uh, where he is going at the end of the season. But to me, I think, I mean, these stories are coming out. Adam Scheffner has said it. There's a couple other people close to the source saying that he's selling his house in New England and Massachusetts. So there's a good chance he might be on his way out with New England after the season. That's why... He, he signed a two-year deal with, uh, with an option to opt out after this year. I believe that there, there's some truth to this story. How about an idea of maybe him finally retiring, maybe? Maybe. I don't think so. I think there's stories coming out that uh, Mike Vrabel is one of his best friends. I mean, when he played with Tom with those championships, Vrabel has reached out to him, supposedly. I mean, this is what people are saying. You can't really, cause you, you can't really say that because it's against league policies to talk to a guy that's not a free agent. But I believe Vrabel has spoken to Tom. If, if there, there's some truth to these stories, yeah, I mean, I'm sure that there is. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm not saying that there isn't. Like, you know, he put his house up for sale, but a lot of it has been, you know, um, it, it, first of all, it all is speculation. But you know, a lot of, of it was tied to his trainer because his trainer put his house up for sale. Well, his trainer bought another house in a different town. That's what happened. Mm-hmm. That's close to Foxborough. So, I mean, you know, who knows what's going on? But, you know, that has nothing to, you know, that's the offseason. I'm concentrating on this season. Historic performance by the, the Patriots forced three turnovers on three consecutive Brown snaps. When was the last time? Wait, I, I, I'll go further. Ever? I'll go further, Jeff. Baker Mayfield saw a ghost and he threw the ball straight to the defensive lineman. I mean... Just, that was the third one. That was the third one. They had the scoop and score. The, ne- the very next play was a, a, a Chubb 45-yard run, which he fumbled the ball and the Patriots got. And then that was the third one of the three. Lawrence Guy played in the league now, what, 13, 14 years? That's his first no. interception. Mike, I, I, no, I, he hasn't been in the league. Mike, I wouldn't be taking shots at Sam Donald with the ghost thing because you are a Giant fan who switched over to the Patriot fan at the age of what? 43, 44 years no, old? I was only, yeah. No, I wasn't taking shots. I was only talking about how Baker also saw ghosts. How do you know he saw ghosts? Did he say Because, it? yeah, he handed the ball right off to the other guy. He goes, I can't, I can't take it anymore. Mm. Baker Mayfield literally threw the no, ball to I, Lawrence Guy. I did see Odell Beckham hand. Tom Brady his cleat and you saw there was a there was a there story was coming out goat hair there was there was like a that. no that's not what I'm saying if oh. you if you look at the picture you see Baker make Baker Mayfield standing right over hovering over over uh, Odell Beckham and making a face when he gave it to Tom Brady so I I'll, I'll tell you this Baker looks 
as bad as anybody wouldn't have expected. Okay, he has been really bad this year. And there is no excuses to it because their offensive line is half decent. It's not great, it's but it's good decent. inside, but their tackles are horrible. They're decent. They're not bad. They're not Jets bad. I didn't say they were Jets so, bad. But that's what I'm talking about. We're talk- I'm, I'm saying they're not as bad as the Jets. They're still like bottom 10, though, I would say. Maybe bottom five. Hey, at least, at least Baker's getting three, four seconds to throw the ball. No, that's fine. I'm not saying they're anywhere close to as bad as the Jets are, but they are still on the bottom, at least bottom 10. That's not what I'm saying, Speedy. You're, you're flipping around from what I'm saying. I'm saying that <laughs> Baker Mayfield, who, a.k.a. Tyler Harrison, has said that he, he was going to be the second-best quarterback in football this year. Boy, oh, boy, is he going to come back. He said Lamar Jackson was the worst quarterback in the league. Meanwhile, Lamar Jackson's a top-five quarterback right now in football. So mm-hmm. just, yes, he is. Yes, he is. His numbers are top-five I mean, quality. It's I mean, top-five quality. I mean, here, Patrick Mahomes, Russell like Wilson, Cito. Matthew Stafford, Deshaun ahead, Watson. Jeff. Here's my question for Mikey C, because he's the only reasonable one there. The Patriots clearly now... You know, have the track for the number one seed in the AFC. They're winning the number right? one Every seed. other team has two losses. KC has three losses, right? Right. Do you see any other team even challenging New England for the AFC title this year? Well, is Mahomes coming back? Next week, yes, ele- uh, or week 10. He, week what 10. it is with Mahomes is that when he's on the field, their offense is just more prolific, regardless of without a running game. That's the only difference. If you're able, I mean, if... You know, the longer you keep them off the field, the better the chances are of Kansas City losing. Period. Because no matter what, regardless, they still have. He's he's talented with his feet and he's talented with his arm, and those are the two things that could pretty much, you know, give give a close reason enough to possibly lose a game. Well, I think Baltimore too. I think Baltimore is going to be very. Well, they're going to be hard Baltimore to Baltimore this week. Yeah, I know that. That's going to be a tough game. It'll Jeff. be a tough See, game. I, I don't. It'll be a tough game. I'm not, I'm not buying Baltimore's success. I'm not, buying, I'm not buying a lot of success that you're saying. The Patriots right now, just because they get the number one seed, does not mean Baltimore cannot go to New England and beat them in New England. Their defense is high-quality defense. It's a, it's a top-five defense in the league right now. Didn't Baltimore get lit up by Seattle like a week or two ago? No, they no. played really well against Seattle. Didn't they just get they lit, got up? lit up? Somebody by, got lit they got up. lit up by Cleveland in week four, but that was really it. Errol do, you, Errol, do you know what Tom Brady's record is at home in Foxborough? That's, you know fi- that's fine. And, and, you, and you, know the, you know the saying, well, it's, you're bound to lose a game. So it, you it, it know happens. know what Tom Brady's record is at home? Yes, I know it. They, I think he's What's what? his record at home? What is he, 6-0? 6-0 and oh? six and a home? I don't know. What is it? What is it? What is it? It's all all-time record at, at home in Gillette. I, gotta, I keep telling Ray. 119, 119 and 18. Okay, thank you. Thank so you when that. you're saying, oh, they're going to go into Foxborough, who's done it? Baltimore did it a decade ago. Okay, and this Baltimore team is definitely a quality team that can do it. They can do it. They have the defense that can get to the quarterback, and they have the running game to hold the ball. So I think they, they absolutely can go into Foxborough and beat the Patriots. They can. Do you realize the Patriots' defense has scored more touchdowns That's than they've allowed? That's fine. That's fine, Jeff. That is, you know this and I know this. The playoffs are different, and all you have to have is one bad game. One game that throws you off, and you're out. This has happened to plenty of great teams. Teams that were expected to go to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl. 
you go to a game, you can go to a cold day, a snowy day, and the wind is blowing the opposite way, and the other quarterback's running the ball, and he's playing better than you. This has happened before. So, yes, the Patriots right now are far and along right now the number one seed in the AFC, but that doesn't mean it's going to be an easy rising to the Super Bowl. So, that's just my take to it. I don't see a team in the AFC that is as consistent or good enough to beat this team. Well, here's the thing. If they were playing three games and you have to win two out of three, no. But all you got to do is beat the Patriots once, and they're out. That's all you got to do. I mean, the Patriots, got, you got, the Patriots, if they get the bye week, they have to play two games to go to the Super Bowl. They got to win both games to go to the Super Bowl. They got to play one of the top, they got to play the top two teams in the AFC, whoever they have to play against. And you don't know what conditions they're going to play under. And you don't know if Tom Brady's going to be 100% or their offensive line's going to be 100% or they're going to be fighting injury. You just don't know. That's the that's the thing. That's that's why right now, yes, the Patriots they're already fighting a ton of injuries, and they're already well. The Ravens, the Ravens have people. the same kind of issues right now because their secondary is banged up too. I'd like to see. I'd like to see what happens this week. I think it's in Foxborough, right? No, it's in Baltimore. It's right? in Baltimore. They can, okay. the Ravens can definitely win that game. Well, we'll see. We'll see. But I want to see domination. If they if they dominate against the Patriots in Baltimore, then then you're going to see. Then they have confidence that if they do meet the Patriots again in the playoffs, they'll have the confidence to believe that they can beat them. If it's a close game and the Patriots win by a very close margin, they still have the confidence right. to say that they can compete with them and maybe win by a field goal or win by a defensive-minded game. So right. I, th- that's the thing. I, I, I don't know, but right now the Patriots are far and along the best team in the AFC. There's and no the question. they are an identity that have given them fits yes. for a while, no matter the There are a couple overload. of teams. There are a couple of teams that have given them it's fits. The Ra- it's mainly the Ravens and the Broncos in the AFC. Mm-hmm. So. If it if the Patriots blow out this current Ravens team, maybe it just maybe it was just the past Ravens teams. But Errol's right because the Ravens have operated in pretty similar ways in the past. So if they could do still do it with this team, which has a deep defense right now, a banged up secondary, so it'll be hard. But if they could do it in this kind of instance, even if they do play close and lose, it could prove something like that too. Now the other factor. That Figure out, though, is which Lamar Jackson are you going to see? Are you going to see the one that laid an egg in the playoffs last year against the Chargers, or are you going to see the one that He was a rookie had... last no, year. No, I know that. That's why I'm giving him a mulligan. Or, or are you going to see the one that has had several good games this year? I don't know. I think, I think he's been very impressive. I don't know about you. I mean, I, I mean, he's I not like top five quarterback, but he has been impressive. Where, where do you put him right now? 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 If you don't put him in top five, because I think he's well, a top five quarterback. Here's top five, I would say, right now. Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes Pat- hasn't played all the games. You don't put he him there. One sorry, I, I'm sorry, he, he hasn't played all the games. Game. Who's got better numbers right now? I mean, Patrick running. Mahomes. By how much? By how good much, Speedy? Good amount? A good amount. Does Patrick Mahomes run as much as Lamar Jackson If does? you're only going to take the running aspect and put it into, into the conversation, that's, that's his best asset that um, Lamar, uh, Lamar Jackson has. Okay, so you're telling me Lamar Jackson hasn't thrown the ball very good. I didn't say he hasn't uh, thrown the well, ball very good. it's only a couple games. But it, he's but, played pretty but well. He, it's but only his main games. asset is his legs. Right. Now, Lamar Jackson. I would say my top five, Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Matthew Stafford, Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers are probably my top five right now. Lamar Jackson right now. Doesn't Cousins have better numbers than him? Lamar Jackson. Only lately. Cousins had a rough start to the year. Lamar Jackson has almost 2,000 yards, 11 touchdowns. 
And his passing rating is 94.1. That's pretty damn good. Uh, Patrick I, know er- I know it's early, but how do you not have Garoppolo in that list? Oh, he's on there, too. Oh, he's up there, too. I, I would, he, you can probably interchange him and Aaron Rodgers at the fifth spot because Aaron Rodgers had a couple bad games, too. So it's just a matter of that. I think the top four are pretty definitive. So Patrick though. Mahomes. So Patrick Mahomes has 400 more yards. And Tom Brady's not in your top four definitively best quarterbacks in the league right now. That's shocking. In terms of statistics this year, not not right now. Well, he's also playing with Tom the best Brady, defense. Tom Brady is more trustworthy than those guys for postseason, for sure. I'm not saying overall quarterback play. Like you didn't even mention Jared Goff. Goff is better mm, than no, he's he has, not. He hasn't okay. had a, he hasn't had the statistically dominating year though. Like those guys have had. I'm talking about statistically dominant. I'm not talking about overall quarterback level in terms of skill wise. Jeff, thank you, man. Mikey C, it's always a pleasure to speak with you. You're the one reasonable guy I can always count on, you know? Rather than yeah, the, the front runners. raving. The front runners. Yeah, you, you, you like that. That's great. That's you great. Call, you like the you front runners. A, you can call me a front runner. I didn't say you are a front runner. You like the front runners. You like the people that like to switch teams. Just a snap of a finger because he didn't like their draft. Give me a break. I mean, he's very reasonable. Oh, yeah, that's very reasonable. Very reasonable. Yeah, no, I mean, funny. you're a known Patriot hater, so you just crap on them. This has nothing do. to do with me hating the Patriots. It has nothing I mean, to do with it. You switched hockey teams because the Rangers traded John Van Breesbrook. I was 11 years old when that happened. I was a kid. Right. I was a kid when that happened. Fair enough. I'm not 45, 44 years old or whatever. 44 years old, changing teams because I didn't like their draft. Give well, me a break. I mean, maybe he's just reasonable. Oh, get out of here, Jeff. Goodbye. Thank you. I mean, that's, that's the thing. He's Goodbye, like, Jeff. Just, Thank you very much. He's just reasonable. Yeah, I'm sure. He's the most reasonable, even, even keeled, like, Thanks, Jeff. dude going. Thank that's you, Jeff. That's just what it is. Thank you, Jeff. Go Jets, man. Go Jets. I'm glad that you, uh, that you love Sam Donald's performance this weekend. Well, obviously you heard my take, so there you go. Thanks, Jeff. Oh, what a pain in the butt, man. He always calls the show and gets me so heated by the... Every time he calls up, it's about the Patriots. We all know you're a Patriot fan. We all know they're a good team. We all know it. They're 7-0. Go ahead, put Ken on. What's going on, Ken? Hey, hey what's happening, man? We know you're a Giant fan. What would you like to talk about? I would never switch teams, even if they had a really bad draft. Well, that, well that's understandable, Ken. Uh, when are you coming out here for our Thanksgiving dinner? I don't know. You're the guy that hasn't picked a date. <laughs> I'll tell you what, man. November's coming up very, very close. Why don't we do it? We'll do it the, the nine of that weekend would be busy. Then after the 10th, the weekend after the 10th. What weekend is that, Mike? What is that? Um, Speedy, you have the, you have the calendar. Have I'll figure it out. I'll November figure it out. November 1st is this Friday, so, yeah, the 10th would be a Sunday. Okay, so the 10th would be a Sunday? Yes. Yeah. So the week after that, we'll figure that out. You, you hit me up on Messenger, and we'll talk about it. But what, what would you like to talk about with the Giants, buddy? Well, they stink. Well, I'll tell you this. There's something that you can be reassured is you guys, I, I believe you guys have a franchise quarterback. I, I, I think that Daniel, Daniel Jones is the real deal. I, I understand there's a couple of games. You're going to see a young quarterback make mistakes. He's thrown a lot of interceptions, but... The fumbles, I think, are the bigger problem. I'm not worried about that. He'll, he'll figure that out. Sam figured that out. Remember, that was the whole thing about Sam Donald. He, he fumbled the ball a lot. 
when he was in USC. Right, but Darnold also that was his problem was mainly one game really. But they said that uh, was his Jones, weak. That right. was his weakness. Fair enough. But Jones has done it in I think three different games now, where he's had he's some of it has been good defensive lines, okay. But also there's been some where he's had four or five seconds of protection and he's still holding the ball and not seeing what's going on. I don't know. Four touchdowns over 300 yards. That's a pretty good damn game for a rookie quarterback. I'm sorry. He had man. a couple nice throws, but it wasn't. A, I don't think it was, I was overall in, the I'm, game you would want to see. I'm, I, listen, any quarterback that throws over 300 yards and four touchdowns is a good game. That's a good game for a quarterback. He kept his team in the game. They only lost by four points, and that was because of the great play calling of Pat Shermer, who's an idiot. Let me tell you, if he doesn't get fired, if he doesn't get fired at the end of the season, I don't know what Gettleman is doing. Because the play calling in the fourth quarter are, is horrendous. How many times? How many times did we see the Giants? On third and three or third and two, and then it'll be a fourth and four and one, four and one, or four and two, and he doesn't go for the ball. He doesn't go. He doesn't go for it. He kicks the ball off. You're playing a Detroit team that's a, you're playing a Detroit team that's a beatable team. They're three, three and one. They started off the season strong. In the last three or four games, they haven't looked good. Arizona was beatable too. Well, Arizona was going to give him fits because of the running quarterback. They, they can't keep up with Kyler but Murray. But that wasn't the one that won them the game. It was the running back, Edmonds, that won them the That's game. fine, but the Kyler Murray was running out of the pocket and making them think that he was going to run the ball, and then he was Jones handing the ball off. the ball. That was a major. When you have a running quarterback, and, and you know you can't see him over the offensive lineman, he's small. So when you see him duck down, do you see when, when the offensive lineman is hit? You don't see him. That's what makes Russell Wilson so dangerous is that when he ducks down and the offensive linemen come up, do you really see him? They say it doesn't work for the quarterback. I have seen a lot of small quarterbacks come into this league now and then have done pretty well. I now, now we see how long Baker Mayfield is going to stay in the league before he's a bust. But Russell Wilson is a real deal. I think Kyler Murray is the real deal. They're, they're going to change. too phasey right now. We'll see if he gets more consistent. He is a rookie, Speedy. Again, I'm going to tell you, more consistent. Did I, did I say? All right, all right. Is Lamar, is, is Lamar Jackson more consistent than he was last year? Yes or no? Yes or no? Don't even, don't, don't even speed around mm, it. Yeah. I don't, nah. See, here's all right. the thing. Lamar Jackson last year when he came in got on a hot streak mm. with the way he did. Now Running he, the ball. Right. He did it in different ways. Now, I feel like this year he's been more – he has one good passing gay – and doesn't run as much, and then he has one good running day, and vice versa. Kind Who of cares? He's, do- he's doing the job. So right, he's, he's winning. Right, he's doing something better. I will say that he hasn't had a dud game yet. His accuracy is over ninety-four percent. Last year was down to seventy. He has gotten ninety-four. Rate, his pa- pa- his passing rating. Oh, passer. His passing rating right now is ninety-four percent. Last year was in the seventies, or sixty-eight, or something like that. He is throwing the ball much better than he was last year. Not better, much better last year. Okay. This is a rookie quarterback, second year, right now, playing for one of the best franchises in all of football. Fair enough, but how much of that was rigged by the Miami game? Rigged by the Miami game. I don't know, man, Speedy, because uh, uh, he still has almost 1,700 yards in eight games, 11 touchdowns, only five interceptions. That's been better. I'll give him that. He's been better, and he's going to only get better. He's only going to get better. Lamar Jackson. Do you think he's going to win the World Series? The World Series? Right now, it looks like it's the Astros, un- unbelievably. I mean, the Nationals had the chance 
to put the put the foot on their necks. Right, just and they choked. Circumstances with yeah. Scherzer too. They choked. That's that's just it. They choked, and and now you're going back to Houston for two games. I mean, well, if the road team continues to win, then the Nationals win. But if it changes, then Houston wins. The Nationals are not winning this series now. I mean, they they're down three to two. Houston has yeah, two games. Houston has two games to two games to have a chance to win a game, and they have the pitching. They have Verlander on the mound next. I mean, it's 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 over. The series is over. Houston's going to win another championship. And then you're going to see a complete transition next year in baseball in the American League. I believe that. There are going to be a lot of teams. I think Anaheim's going to be a lot better next year because they're going to make some moves in the offseason. <laughs> if their front office doesn't screw up yeah, like maybe they always the do. Maybe will start Gardner when they're supposed to. Who? Gardner. Who, the Yankees? Gardner's been starting. He just... Gardner sucked in the playoffs. Gardner's been starting, Ken. <laughs> you mean started. He's, they're not start- he's not starting anymore. They're out. Yeah, he's a free agent. No, he's talking. He's talking about the playoffs. I know, I know. He did start. You said he's starting. It, it's the season is over, so you, he's not starting. It's he started. It's past tense, Speedy. Oh, I thought he said starting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Never mind. Can you have anything else to say before we go? Let you go. I have a. I do sport like a football wrap up show every Thursday. Really? Where where do I listen to this uh, crazy show? Uh, my YouTube channel. Is you have a YouTube channel? <laughs> I have a YouTube channel. It's a TV show. Uh, you have a TV show? <laughs> I'll send you the link. Send nice. me the link. I got. I got to watch this. Nice, nice, nice. I got to watch this. This is. This will be fun. This will be fun. What's it called? Right, I'll send you the link. What's it called? All right, we'll keep in touch later. No, what? Hey, whoa, Ken. Whoa, Ken, whoa. Ken. Wait, what's it called? What's the show called? Uh, my channel is KCTV Show. That's capital K, capital C, capital TV. KCTV show. Hmm. I think you've got to put, put a little bit more oomph into it if you want people to listen to it. You know, like uh, uh, Ken's crazy show or Ken's wearing dirty underwear or something like that. Oh God. I, I think that would draw people to, to watch a show. You know? I'll try and keep that in mind, guys. All right, man. Thank you, Kenny. All right. Thanks for taking a call. Thanks, right. Ken. Ken from Upstate, always been a fan of ours. Uh, I, I love Ken. He, nice guy, but I, I got to watch that show. When is it? Thursdays, he said? Is it Thursdays, I guess, at night, I would imagine. Interesting. Mike, I, I, that's something we have to check out, man. You could check that out. <laughs> check it out. That's, I'll tell you, I, listen, I think Kenny has a, a personality. I think he's very unique. Um, very interesting, to say the least. Anyways. To finish up with the Giants, I will tell you this. Saquon Barkley had a very good game. I, 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 you know, I, I, was listening, I was reading a story about Golden Tate and his sister. Jalen Ramsey was dating Golden Tate's sister, and I, got, I guess he got a pregnant. pregnant. Yeah. And he left. He left her and started dating some swimsuit model. And he was taking pictures. On, and now Golden Tate says uh, that he, you know, he wants to get him in a room. He wants to get him in a ring. He says... Let's, let's, let's fight and all this other stuff. Golden Tate's pissed off. I mean, that's been a story that I was reading over the weekend, which is it's starting to heat up. And I, Ramsey has not really attacked him on social media, which Ram, Jalen Ramsey usually is very high on social media and attacking people. 
He has not attacked Golden Tate yet. It'll be funny. I know this probably won't happen because they already traded for a, a wide receiver, but you trade Golden Tate to the 49ers to really fuel that kind of rivalry over there. It's, it's interesting. It really is. Golden Tate is he's gonna he signed that that three or four year. Nobody's taking that deal from the Giants. So no, I, mean, I don't think they would either. I'm nobody's saying, taking that deal. I'm from just the saying. Giants. I feel like that would that would definitely be something that would fuel some kind of like old school NFC West type rivalry like what the 49ers and the Seahawks used to have. Yeah, I think the Giants overpaid for Golden Tate. They did. Yeah, but um, I think Shermer should be gone. That's, that's where I'm watching. I, we met Shermer. I don't think he's a very nice guy. I think the guy doesn't speak much. Adam Gase doesn't speak much. They remind me of the same personality. Both offensive-minded guys, and both guys don't like talking to the press, and when they do talk to the press, they don't even know what to say to the press. Both of them are idiots. Both of them have their own thoughts to what they think is wrong with their team, which I think they're clueless on what they really think that what's wrong with their team. I, I mean, listen to Sherman at the end of the game. He says, we're not trying to, we're not trying to, build, we're not trying to um, gain points in situations. He went for a two-point conversion in a, in a place he should have never went for a two-point conversion. Yeah, that was weird. I mean, there's just, there, there was a lot of things that he did on Sunday that made absolutely no sense in the fourth quarter. He's gone for a lot of weird two-point conversions. Even, even last year in the beginning of the season, they were questioning some of his things. I can't wait to watch Gase versus Shermer in a game. You, you know how bad that's going to look? I mean, both guys, both two idiots that don't know what the hell they're doing. And not only do I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, I think it's going to just be completely pathetic. Both guys are complete morons. Oh, it's going to be a really sloppy game. They're both morons. And both teams need a new, new edge, new guy. I, and I'd say, it's sad to say that the Jets are going to have to make that move after one year with Adam Gase. But if Adam Gase goes in a stretch in the next three games where he, oh, he loses two out of the three games, he's gone. I, I cannot Not even wins and losses. If the, if the Jets don't show any life of offense against a future Giants defense, that's going to be a telling sign. I even if the, the Jets win the game like 16-14. to 14. The Giants are winning that game. They might win. I'm the Giants saying. are winning that game. Even so, like, I'm not even going to judge the win as a loss. If the Jets don't have any level of offense whatsoever, it's that's not a even, terrible look it, it, It's not even going to be because of the offense of the Jets. It's going to be because of the offensive line is going to – this defense, the Giants' defense is going to be able to get to Sam. Even with you that – hope. Oh, they are. Their pass rush isn't much better either, though. <laughs> I, I've seen them get three sacks in a game. How many games have you seen the Jets have more than one sack in a game this year? I think it's only one. Okay. One game out of seven games. No, I'm talking about the Giants' pass rush. So. It doesn't matter. The Jets, I don't think, have done it this year. I don't think the Jets have had more than one sack in a game. Now, I, I'm saying they had more than one sack this season, but well, yeah. I don't think they've had more than one sack in a whole game. That's a problem. And then you trade away Leonard Williams right before it, to the team that you're going to have to play in two weeks. And if Leonard Williams embarrasses you, which I know Leonard Williams is going to go out on the field and try That'll to embarrass him. He's going to try to embarrass the Jets. And he knows the offensive line. He knows the weaknesses of the offensive line. So that's an advantage to Leonard Williams. Depending on how he's using the Giants' defense, though. They're going to use him up the middle. Probably for what he was drafted for, I'm assuming. Well, he's versatile. He could be using a lot of Didn't ways. the Jets play him at the end? No, they didn't. They, 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 never, they never did. That was the problem. I, I think that's the problem. I think if the Giants put them at the end, they're, they're going to they're gonna find an ability that the Jets didn't find. I think he only played at the end in like the 2017 season when they had nobody else. Because remember, 
his rookie year and his second year, they also had Sheldon Richardson and Muhammad Wilkerson Correct. still there. So I think he was used up the middle where, like Errol was saying, he was misused. His first two seasons were good seasons. I'm not saying Leonard Williams. I'm not saying they were bad. He's a just, Pro Bowl player. I mean, I'm just he's saying not a I bad think, player. I don't think his he made the initial. Pro Bowl? Yeah, he made the Pro yeah. Bowl. He made the Pro yeah, Bowls rookie yeah. year. Yes. Yeah. I don't think his full potential really got throttled on a consistent basis, though, because of that. And then I, the 2017 season, when those two guys were gone, he was the only guy. So they were, they were double, triple. The team. best thing about him is he's 25 years old, and he's got a lot of football left. And if the Giants can figure out what his strengths are, if Betcher figures out what his strengths are in his defense, you can absolutely, absolutely turn him into the player that the Jets thought he was. And, and he could turn out to be a superstar player. He has the ability. He's big, he's strong, and he's fast. The problem is, is the Jets didn't use him the right way, or maybe the Jets completely hurt him, and he needs a new change of scenery. Maybe going to the Giants, even though it's on the same field, he'll, play, he'll be play, playing better with the, the, the blue and the white instead of the, the green and the white. So I'm very intrigued to see what Leonard Williams is going to do in that offense. But I don't think they're going to resign him in the offseason anyways. I, I think he's going to want a lot of money. And I don't think the Giants are going to give him that kind of money. I don't, I don't see Gettleman give him that yeah, money. It's, it's, it'll be interesting, too, because they may even switch defensive coordinators. And it, oh, like, I think Vetcher's gone to right. the I think that that could happen where it, the new coordinator, it'll be interesting to see if he wants him or not either. As far as the rest of the league, and I'm going, I, I want to go through all the games because um, I'll tell you my thoughts on all the games. And I, my internet's not working for some reason. And why would it be? You know, why would it be? Let me see why it's not working here, because I want to go through the games. Speedy, if I can't get this up, I want you to go. You give me the games. Okay. I'll and uh, yeah. I'll go through it quickly on what I thought about the games. I got it up. It's coming up. You want the football music? Yeah, why not? Okay. Put the football. We'll do, we'll do this quick. Okay, hold on. But I, I'll tell you guys this. The season, this week of football was probably the worst week of football I've watched all season long. It was horrendous. All the games were boring, ridiculously terrible in every kind of way. And even the matchups were bad. Denver and Indianapolis? Come on, guys. I'm sorry. Indianapolis held on in this game, but Indianapolis did not look good in this game at all. Well, that's what they are. They're a pesky team. They're not an overly talented team. But it doesn't matter. You see games that they can completely dominate. This is a game against a Denver team that is trading away pieces. They did not look good this week. Right, but they played close games all year. It doesn't matter. In my opinion here, they didn't play well. This is a team that uh, people are talking about being a Super Bowl contender. You think going playing Denver right now? They are. People are saying that offensive line can make them a Super Bowl contender. Right now, they're not a Super Bowl contender. They couldn't even beat Denver with all the mishaps and all the players they traded away already. They're, they're still, they still were in this game. Yeah, they're a team that's pesky at times, and then they'll look bad in other weeks. They also lost to the Raiders earlier in the season. Tennessee and Tampa. Listen, I, I think Tampa has played well. They have. All season long. And Todd Bowles, say what you want, his defense is they're the best run-stopping defense in football. And, and this is a defense that has completely changed their, their defensive line. Look how many players they lost in the offseason. All their big names. I, I think that this is this is a team that is erupting. I think they're going to be even better next year. I do not believe Jameis Winston is the quarterback of the future of this team. And Tennessee, listen, I don't think Marcus Mariota is going to be there next year. I don't think Tannehill is going to be there next year. 
I think this is going to happen. I think one quarter. of them will be just as a backup at least. I don't. If they, I don't, because I, I think they definitely could draft a quarterback this year, in with the loaded draft that it is. They're getting a quarterback. I know this that, year. but I, I don't. I don't think they're going to want to settle for a a reach backup where it's going to be a bad thing. I, I'm telling Mariota you, Mariota and Tannehill are still fringe Tom starters that can help. Brady, them. I've been saying this all over again. I'm going to say it again. Tom Brady will be a Tennessee Titan next year. You, you heard it from wow, me. Wow, you really think so? He will be a Tennessee Titan next year. I absolutely believe it. I absolutely believe it. This is Would not they have a, the money for that, though? What? Would the Titans have the money for that? They They're a not lot of- signing Conklin. They're not signing Conklin. Well, they also got a, spent a lot of money on defense. That's fine. Well. They're not spending money, and they're not paying Marcus Mariota. So that's money that they don't have to pay. So what do you think? Tom Brady's not going to ask for a lot of money. He's going to take $13, $14 million dollars. For the year, he'll sign a two-year contract. He's 43. So wh- where do we go here? What do we have? Wh- wh- why is the music off? Because uh, there's st- an ad popped up. Oh, okay. Uh, Arizona and the Saints. Why does it only happen with you with the music, Speedy? I well, don't know. Normally I set it before that to play the ad before the show, but I didn't know you were doing it now. I, you didn't tell me the game recaps. Arizona and the Saints. Listen, the Saints are just that much better. And Kyler Murray is running all over the place in this game. This is a team... That has no offensive line, and you saw it against the Saints. The Saints have a very good defensive line, one of the top defensive lines in football, top five, and you saw it in the secondary is dominant. And that's where that's what you say. You could say whatever you want about Eli Apple. This is still a very good defense, and when Lattimore is playing, it makes Eli Apple even better as a, uh, as a DB. And you're seeing it in this game. Drew Brees came back. I mean, this is this is a team now that's going to be fighting on all cylinders. This is a team that can absolutely go to the Super Bowl. Absolutely. Yeah. Cincinnati and L.A., I understand that Goff had a good game, and everybody thinks Goff is predicated on his offense from uh, from McVay. I look at this team, I don't think the L.A. Rams are any good. I really don't. No, they're not. And Cincinnati is a terrible team. And I bet you Cincinnati will play the Jets and beat the Jets. Because I just think right now... Cincinnati knows their identity. I don't think the Jets do. Yeah, Cincinnati's at least played close at times this year. The Jets really haven't. Jacksonville and the Jets, we already talked about. The the Lions and the Giants, we talked about. Chicago and L.A. Could you, could you ever imagine that Chicago was going to lose against the L.A. Chargers with the return of Mitchell Chabinski? Well, no, Chabinski played against the Saints, too. No, but I, I, this is his real return. The first game I never talk about. The second game, when he gets his feet wet after the first game from injury. He's yeah, that's a bad look if you're struggling against that secondary, which has been awful all year. The Chargers have been a bad team all season long. They looked really, really bad throughout this game, and somehow they won this game. Chicago needs to win these games. Right. Philadelphia and Buffalo. Buffalo, this is the first game since the Jets. that I can honestly say, because they even they could have beaten the New England Patriots. Buffalo looked really good. Really good against New England. They put a lot of pressure on Tom, and they were in the game the whole game. This was the first game since the Jets where I just thought they looked really, really bad throughout the game. They came back in the fourth quarter, the third, in, the end of the third in the fourth quarter against the Jets because the C.J. Mosley injury. Throughout that game, they looked really, really bad. This game, throughout the game, they looked bad. And Philadelphia dominated at the line of scrimmage. Offensive line controlled the defense of Buffalo. Buffalo could not get to Carlson Wentz at will like they've done throughout the weeks. 
And you saw the difference of what this offensive line can do. Their secondary depth got exposed, too, which mm. for the first time all season, because they really haven't been facing a lot of threatening offenses. I know they played well against the Patriots, but they also struggled against Cincinnati. They struggled against Tennessee. Should have lost that game if their kicker doesn't miss four field goals. And now they finally got exposed against a good team. Uh, Seattle and Atlanta. Listen, Seattle... Won a game they should win. Right. I mean, Atlanta did not have their starting quarterback, which killed me this week in Mike's league. I didn't. I was. I was working, and I completely didn't know that he was. He was going to be sitting out tonight, to, uh, this weekend, Ryan. Mm-hmm. And I started him, and it cost me the week. It really did. It cost me the week. But right, this this offense is complete. I, I wouldn't be so surprised if Julio Jones, even though he signed the new contract, if Julio Jones gets traded in the offseason. I, I could see a complete rebuild of this team. Mm, no. I can. I can. This team is I not think you just got to change coaches to start and draft some defense. This team is not good, man. This it, team's not good. No, they're, they're not great by any stretch, but I think right now you just got to start with the coach and the defense first. I wouldn't overreact on the offensive side of the ball yet because they still have talent. And Russell Wilson looked really, really good again. And, and that's saying a lot because I think he's the MVP of the league. He's been unbelievable throughout the yeah. season so far. He's the MVP in my book. Carolina and San Francisco. I thought I picked Carolina to be the surprise team this week. What was I thinking? San Francisco completely dominated this game 51-13. Jimmy Garoppolo is has been unbelievable this year. And he's another candidate for MVP. He's a top five candidate for MVP. He's been unbelievable. This team is 7-0. His numbers are tre- tremendous. He's running the ball. He's throwing the ball. And he's not hanging out with any Playboy models. So that's a good thing. Uh, Cleveland and New England, we talked about. Oakland and Houston. Oakland looks really good. I, I, I like what I see I picked, with Oakland. This was my upset I picked, and I was very close. I like what Oakland's doing right now. Jay Gruden is slowly, I mean, John Gruden is slowly looking like the John Gruden of old. This offense is looking better and better every single week. And this is an offense that's not really anything to brag about, really. They don't have any wide receivers, really. They got a good tight end. They got a good young running back that, you know, week, week in and week out has not looked at the top of his game. But this offense is looking better and better and better every single week. And and, 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 Dave, and Dave, um, Derek Carr looks pretty good, too. He does. That's another one that you probably could put in that sleeper MVP conversation, too. He's been really good this year. And their offensive line, with all the injuries they've had, has been really good this year. When we look at the sack numbers from earlier, they have the second least allowed in the league. And I think knowing that Derek Carr is at, at a high point right now and his, you know, the money that they paid him a couple of years ago, he's worth it. If I was John Gruden at the end of the season, I'd trade Derek, uh, Derek, uh, Derek Carr. Really? I would move him. He's at a high point right now. You can get yourself maybe two first-round draft picks for him. There will be teams willing to make that move in the offseason. You can get a quarterback in this year's draft. Get the guy that you like. He's at a high point right now. Yeah, but why would you? If you're because progress- they've had problems. If you're progressing already as a team with because what you you've have, had problems why with Derek. You just progress with because him? you have problems with him. You're going into a new stadium next what problems? year. I haven't heard what any problems. Problem? What are you talking about? Derek Obviously, Carr? Derek Carr and John Gruden. Since John Gruden came last year, they had problems last year on the sidelines, and in a couple of games this year, they've been arguing on sidelines. They don't get along. And if you know anything, if you watched Hard Knocks. The stories that were coming out, there were real stories. And I believe... I think it would have happened already if it, if it did, though. You trade him at the highest point. If you think that he's not the guy for the future of your team and your organization, you trade him in the offseason. But with all the they still point. need, I wouldn't do it, though. Green Bay and Kansas City, 
I don't know how Green Bay came back in this game, and I, that, that has a lot to do with Aaron Rodgers. I'll tell you that right now. Aaron Rodgers won another game. If Patrick Mahomes played, I don't think they would have won this game. But Aaron Rodgers won the game that they needed to win. And right now, they're one of the best teams in the NFC, and they're explosive. Their defense looks good up front. Their secondary's iffy. But their secondary's been iffy really for the last but couple of years. But they can't young. stop the run. They they're can't young, stop the they're run. young, and they're getting better. And, yes, their one weakness is they can't stop the inside run. Outside run, they've been pretty good. And Minnesota and Washington, the Thursday night game, we already talked about it. Minnesota is just that much better. And, right. and listen, Cousins looks like he's getting better and better every single week. They're another very dangerous team because of their defense, and they're scary good defensively. So I think this is the best defense in football. The thing is they're going to need to get a home game, though, because they've had road issues in the playoffs in the past. All right, Speedy, let's go to a quick break. Right. When we come back, we'll, do, uh, we'll go through all the questions, uh, the debate questions that we have. Uh, I guess you could say do or don't do. Well, that's what we're going to call this segment. Do it. Call one eight seven seven. You can call the show one eight seven seven nine zero nine ninety nine seventy seven. This is down to the wire, and we'll be back after this. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, 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 you're listening, listening to down, down to, to the, the wire. wire on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. One eight seven seven nine zero nine ninety nine seventy seven is the number. We had Ken call the show. We had CJ call the show. We had Jeff call the show. Uh, if anybody wants to call the show before the show is ended, uh, you can call the show at one eight seven seven nine zero nine ninety nine seventy seven. Remember, you can follow us by going to our website at worldwidesportsradio.com. Uh, all the pages are getting built right now, so you guys are going to be able to keep in touch with all the shows on the network in the very near future. Shout out to Monica, who is, is doing some of our commercials. Uh, we did an all-state commercial over over the last week. We're going to have a new commercial added onto our reel, so stay tuned for that. And all the sponsors, any sponsors that want to call us, you can call us. Uh, you know, uh, you can reach out to Mike. Off uh, Mike, how do they find you on email? Oh, I'm not telling you. I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's my personal email. No, well, I'm not no, talking no. about your personal email. Use your sports on the go one email. Oh, I'm still not telling. You. It's my whole name. <sighs> Sorry, it's not it's not privileged for the for the year. All right, well, <laughs> I, he doesn't want to give it. If you guys want to call, if if you are interested in sponsoring, or call up, con- leave a message, and I'll contact you. How are they going to call you up and leave a message? They're going to call you. Oh, so they got to call me to leave you a message? Yeah. What am I, your secretary? Yeah. Get out of here! <laughs> it's a joke, you idiot. Anyways, go ahead, hit the music, Speedy. All righty, so. We talked about uh, the World Series in a little bit already. Uh, Astros take Game 5, and all road teams have won so far in Game 5. Do you think the pattern continues, or do the Astros take Game 6? I think the Astros win Game 6. Who you got on, Verlander? It's Verlander against Strasburg. No, I think I think, I think the Nationals win this game. Do so you think they win Game 6 and lose Game 7? Lose Game 7. All yep. right. So you, was- you would want to win a game because it adds more drama. Yeah. It'd be a great, you know, it's ill. Well, I don't think the Astros want to go game the drama seven. by game seven. I don't think the Astros want to lose game six to, to, to have, hire the, the atmosphere of going to a game seven. I, I really Then all the pressure would be on them to win at home. Right. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want to do that. I want the drama. Yeah. I know you want the drama. I don't think they want the drama. So no, they don't. I think, I think Steven Strasburg will win game six. He's been dominant. And by the way, he can opt out of his contract. Yep. He's a guy that I, I, will, I will tell you there will be teams lining up for in the offseason, a.k.a. the Yankees. 
All right. Uh, that leads to Max Scherzer now. Max Scherzer misses game five with back spasms and apparently some neck issue as well, and he misses his start. Where do you think and how do you think he will pitch it again in this series? We'll answer the phone. I don't think Max Scherzer is, play, is pitching or playing in this series at all. I, I really don't. I, I think he's done for the series. I think he's done for the series. And I, I understand what Max Scherzer was saying at the end of the game where he, he didn't feel right, his finger, whatever he was saying, the excuses that he was making. This is a guy that's been a dominant pitcher in the league for many, many years. This guy has been a top pitcher for the last seven years, if not the best pitcher in baseball for the last five for making excuses after the game, to me, makes him look really, really bad. This is a guy that's in his mid-30s now. His career is winding down, and he's starting to feel what Kershaw is feeling at the age of 30. Now, Kershaw is a lot younger than Scherzer, but Kershaw has been feeling it for the last two or three years because of his back injury. Now, slowly but surely, I think uh, old man Rivers, or the old man age, is starting to come to Scherzer, and I think Scherzer has not really, even though he's looked good in certain aspects of uh, the, the playoffs, I don't think he's looked good all season long. So I think that Scherzer, even though I, I still think he has three years left on his contract, I do believe that Scherzer's gonna, you're going to see him slowly move lower grade than what he has been over the years. So uh, I, do not see, I do not see Max Scherzer playing in any more, any more of the World Series. Who do we have on the phone? What's up, Errol? How are you? Mike, what's going on, Beef? Not much. Um, I, I think Nationals can actually win tomorrow because if you look at Verlander's history in the World Series, he hasn't pitched that well at all. He has a bad record in the World Series. So, I mean, the Nationals could win. And all the road teams have won so far. So what's that got to tell you? Well, I like Steve. I like, if, I, if I'm going to bet on a pitcher against Verlander, it would be Steven Strasburg. I mean, if there's anybody, yeah. if there's anybody that can knock off Justin Verlander, in a game of dominance, I mean, who's been better than Steven Strasburg in the playoffs? I mean, the two best pitchers is Cole and Strasburg. And I think Strasburg yeah. has been better than Cole. But so, I have to warn you that Verlander hasn't pitched well in the World Series. So. Well, yeah, he's due. I think, and, and that's what they say, well, he's due. And, and, and especially, uh, it's, it's a game where he can eliminate the Nationals and win a World Series. You know he's going to come out strong. I know it's in... I know it's in Washington, so the advantage goes to Washington. No, Game Six is in Houston. I'm sorry, in Houston. No, it's in Houston. I'm sorry, in Houston. I and that that's got to change too. In the World Series, it should be, uh, it should be two games. Two, for two, the, one, one, one. Like yes, in hockey. Yes. Yeah, I agree with that. Sorry. I think it needs to change. That's I think why that, hockey is the best sport. Well, I think hockey is the most fun to watch in the playoffs. I, I think that it's more exciting to watch hockey playoff games than any any other sport. And I, I don't care what anybody says. I've been to a Stanley Cup Finals. It's much more exciting with the fans, the craze, the craziness of the fans. No matter where you go, hockey is, is, is a part of life wherever there's a hockey team in any city in the United States. And even in Canada, it, it's crazy. It's incredible. But I, I will tell you this. Steven Strasburg, I think, can knock off Justin Verlander. And if he does, the Nationals have a chance because anybody's bowl game in that one game. But I, yeah, I, I still think Houston's going to win this series after losing that game yesterday. No, I mean, I, I think Houston to win the World Series anyway. But, I mean, if Washington wins, I mean, they're going to have momentum. Game. Yeah, they do, but I don't think all, momentum. All the, all the pressure will be on Houston in game seven. Well, I've seen Houston. I've seen Houston with the momentum. The Yankees were up 3-2 to two against Houston a couple of years ago, and they, went, they had to go back to Houston in two games and just win one game, and they couldn't do it. 
So I, I don't know if the Nationals can do it both in Houston. I, I just well, I, hey, well, if they get to Berlin early tomorrow, then the Nationals will win oh, the definitely. game. Oh, absolutely. Because I don't, th- I don't like their bullpen. So yep. and I, I, I don't like their bullpen, and they really haven't really done. And, and you know what? The, the Washington Nationals bats have been quiet lately. You know, well, Soto, games, so. Soto has been quiet, and that's the thing. Soto is that 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 bomber, that guy that really gets the life, the team when he's dancing in the, the you know, in the club. Soto is the only one that's hitting. Yeah, but Soto in the last two games has really not done anything offensively. He has done nothing. Go look at his numbers. He's done nothing. He has done nothing in the last two games. They have done nothing offensively in the last two games. Yeah, they did it all game one and game two. They did it all in. So, and then they got cold. Maybe they played down to those other pitchers, though, too. I Could have. I, I feel like once you're on that much of a high, you're thinking you could just do the same thing against those weaker pitchers just on talent. Soto alone. is their lightning rod. And if he's not hitting and he's not getting you home runs, he's not getting on base and, and putting pressure, I mean, the guy does everything. He steals bases. He plays good defense. He's a good offensive player. I mean, the guy does everything. Yeah, but are you, are you surprised that the, that the Astros actually like smoked him by that many runs? No. in the last two games. No, because I think the I'm Astros... surprised they won all three. But I expect them to take two out of three in Houston or in Washington because I thought it was still a better series, and the Astros have bounced back well. Yeah, I, I didn't think the Astros were going to win all three in Washington. No, I, I thought, thought it would be two out of three. One. Right. Yeah. But I also but, thought that I, mean, I, I never expected the Nationals to take two yeah, in the, Houston the either. On them. I mean, what was it was like eight one the other night or something like yep. that or whatever mm-hmm. they won by. It was like you didn't expect that at all. Well, that's the that's the greatness of professional baseball and baseball playoff baseball because you just don't know what's going to happen. And and with pitching, pitching wins championships. And right now, both teams have very good pitching. I think that the advantage in this pitching matchup is Steven Strasburg over Verlander. But yeah. what what who are you putting on the mound? Who are you putting on the mound in Game Seven? I mean, Granky will be on the mound in Game Seven for them, and and you know everybody's on deck. Cole will be in that game. Verlander will be in that game. All of them are going to pitch in that game. I would imagine Corbin would start, and they would probably well, how is do another starter pitching, later. Pitching, I don't know if Verlander will be able. To well, go. no, Verlander won't, but everyone else will, kind of. All right, yeah. unless Verlander goes only like four innings in Game Six, maybe they get a big lead or something like that. But well, if he well, or if he gets, gets bombed, early, right? If, yeah, or if, if he, he gets, gets bombed, bombed early, right. yeah, then it'll, right. that'll be a little. All early, right, yeah. Speedy, put the music on. Mike, you could stay on the phone. I'm, I'm going to go through all his questions because we have a minimum amount of time. All right, so we got, we did the World Series. We, we talked about the Jets and Giants trade earlier. All right, let's get to this because we talked about it off-air. Kenyon Drake was traded to the Cardinals. Now, obviously it was a great trade for them and get another running back with the injuries. Do you, does that mean, though, this is my question, does that mean they could move on potentially from David Johnson who really hasn't fit in Cliff Kingsbury's offense? If I were them, I would. I mean, you signed him, what was it, two years ago? I yep. think he signed a three or four-year three year deal. 39-year deal. He's a free dollars. agent after next year. He hasn't done anything in Kingsbury's offense right now. You And, and Kenyon Drake, what's good about Kenyon Drake, he, you can use him in the open field, too. He can catch the ball. David Johnson, even though he's a wide receiver when he came into the league, in Kingsbury's offense, he, he uses him just as a back. I think that Kenyon Drake can do more things elusively on the outside than David Johnson. I'm not saying that Kenyon Drake is better than David Johnson. I'm not saying that. But I think he fits in the Kingsbury offense more than David Johnson. I would move from him. I would move on from him. And I'll tell you where to send him, Kansas City. I'm thinking reunite him with his old coach in Tampa. If there's anyone that could rebirth him, it might be Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians, Kansas City needs Kansas a running City back. Kansas City maybe, yeah. You know, and, and, and Kansas City would have an unbelievable offense. You put him behind the line of scrimmage. David Johnson, wow. But that's what I think. All righty. 
JJ Watt with another season-ending injury. Do you think this could be career-threatening for him? And then in terms of the Texans' defense, how much do you think it will affect the Texans' defense? I think JJ Watt's career has been over the last two years. I think he's done. I, I, I do believe he'll try to come back next year, but I think another bad injury or another minimal injury that he's going to get. What? How old is JJ? 31? I believe he's 31. He's 31. As a, as a pass rusher, all the injuries he's had and all that weight that he's putting on his knees, I mean, this, this past significant injury, I mean, he's had three really bad significant injuries over the years. So, I mean, what's he been out? Every year he does. Every year, every year. He fight. I, I, I only think in his career, he's only, I think he's only played one full season in his whole career. I mean, that's, yeah, maybe, yeah, that maybe it's time for him to hang it up and keep getting hurt. So well, I don't think he's going to hang it up because he loves football, and I think he thinks he has a little bit more left. I think he had five sacks or six sacks before he got hurt. Well, no one's questioning his talent. We all know how good he is. But, I mean, there's got to be a point where you want to keep going, getting surgeries and being injured. It's like, go convert the life. I think J.J. Watt's career is over, but I, I do believe you're going to see him again. I do. Yeah, but does, does Houston, like, release him because he's always getting hurt and try to fill a void? Or No. He's a leader. No. They're not gonna. They're not gonna get rid of a leader, a guy that is, is beloved in in Houston. They're not gonna do. No, that. I get that. I'm just, you know, asking the question. Do what your thought was. Chicago's Fun. hitting every single shot, man. Every single shot. It, it, they're just throwing it up and it's going in. All righty, let's go back to baseball for this one. Larry Rothschild will not return as the Yankees pitching coach. What do you think this could mean for the Yankees? Good pitching move staff? for the Yankees. Good move for the Yankees. And I, I like Larry Rothschild, and I think he's a very good pitching coach. He hasn't worked good with the pitches the Yankees have. Let's be honest. Look at the – I know everybody's going to say, well, the Yankees' ERA went a little bit down this year. Uh, James Paxson looked good in the second half. I, I, there's something about this bullpen. I, I just don't think Larry Rothschild has it in with him anymore. And I think Larry's going to go to Philadelphia with with Joe Girardi. I think no, that's it's what, Dave Island. Oh, Dave Island? They're going to reunite. Dave Island's going where? To the Phillies. Oh, okay, so Dave Island's going to the Phillies. So I believe Larry Rothschild will go somewhere. Maybe with Joe Madden, with Anaheim. I don't no, know. Mickey Calloway went there. <laughs> All right, so he'll go somewhere to a good team. Somebody's going to bring Larry Rothschild in. And I think the Yankees are going to bring in a pitcher. You know who I'd be talking to right now? David Cohn. That's who I'd bring in. David Cohn is a very smart pitcher. This is a guy that understands pitching as good as anybody. This is a guy that should be in the Hall of Fame. He works with the Yankees organization. I think he would work very good with Aaron Boone. And I love I love when he analyzes the pitching. I think David Cohn would be a perfect pitching coach for the New York Yankees. That's the guy I'd be interviewing. All righty. So now on to the Mets. Mets managerial search. Now with the Phillies uh, getting Joe Girardi is down to all really younger candidates. Carlos Beltran. Carlos Beltran is still, probably still the favorite. We've heard the Brewers bench coach, the Twins bench coach. Who do you think ultimately gets the job, and who do you think should get the job? Carlos Beltran should get the job, and Carlos Beltran should get the job. Okay? Two things. I'll tell you this. The Yankees, all season long, went to Carlos Beltran when their starting pitching were, was pit, they were tipping their pitches. Tanaka was tipping their pitches. Uh, Savarino tipped his pitches last year before he got hurt. And Paxson was tipping his pitching. Every time he would, the, the starters and their relief pitching was tipping, Carlos Beltran was the guy that they went to on how he, they can solidify their pitching and their method where they can stop tipping their pitches. I think Carlos Beltran is going to be a great manager in the league. Not a good manager, a great manager. And he's the guy that I think can relate to some of their hitters 
and some of the youngsters on the Mets. And remember, he was a Met. So I think he knows the Mets' culture. I think the Mets fans didn't love him. I think the Mets fans are going to start to love him because I think he's a very good baseball mind. And I think the Yankees, he worked with Brian Cashman for the last couple of years in the Yankees. Brian Cashman has spoken nothing but high praise for him. It's coming from Brian Cashman. And Brian Cashman says this guy could be a great manager. And Brian Cashman interviewed him for the job. And he was one of the top three guys that he he thought could have won the job. Carlos Beltran is the guy. And if they don't hire Carlos Beltran, it's a big mistake. You didn't get Joe Girardi. Get the second best thing. Get yeah, Carlos well, Beltran. I think they made a big mistake by not getting Girardi anyway. So. I'm telling you, you're going to love Carlos Beltran as a manager. I, I, don't, I don't know if I'm going to like him as much as you say he is. I, I, I can't see it. He's a great mind. He's a great baseball mind. All right, let's go I, to... I don't, I don't see it. Again. All right, let's go to college football. So there was a change in number one, LSU surpassing Alabama. I knew you were going to bring this up. In the latest AP college football poll after their win against Auburn, are you surprised at this decision, and do you think it's the right decision? I think it's the right decision. I mean, Alabama has been the number one seed year in and year out for the last, what, four years? I mean, this guy's this is, this is a team that's dominated. But LSU has been incredible all season long. I think they've played just as good a team. Just as good they've been te- played better teams. Yeah, I, that's what I'm, yeah. Wait a second. I, I'm, I'm not done yet, Speedy. Mm-hmm. I think their defense has been just as good as Alabama, if, if not better. And I think that what, what we've seen with this young coach and, and what LSU has been the last couple of years, and they've been a decent team but not a top team, right. they're, they've been incredible this year. They're, getting, they're running on all cylinders, and they've played, like I said, I think they've played just as good or even better teams than Alabama has. So do I think they should be the number one seed? I, hell yeah, they should be the number one seed. And I think I would love to see LSU, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, and Ohio State make it to the, the playoffs and, and, and watch two really good games and then a great championship game. Clemson will have to lose for Georgia yeah, what, to get what in, about though, because they already lost. Oklahoma lost, so that's going to – they just lost I like this Clemson. I, I would like to see Clemson. I would like to see Alabama, LSU, Clemson, and, and Georgia. I, I, I would like to see any one of those games. I'm just saying Clemson is going to have to lose now because Georgia lost already. Georgia is the most talented team in the nation. As far as talent, all around talent, Georgia is the most talented team in the nation. So, all right. so we'll see. Yeah, that would definitely be interesting. A lot of people think Ohio State should be number one, too. That's how good they've been. Yeah, but they, but haven't uh, been, they haven't been tested They as haven't much played as LSU, anybody. Though. They really haven't played anybody. Let's see Ohio State play a top team, and we'll, we'll talk. All right, on to hockey. The Islanders have won seven in a row now. What have been some of the keys to the turnaround? And now they will have four days off. How much do you think that will I'll let Mike them? answer this after me because I'm sure he has his own opinion to it. Here's the answer. Barry Trotz. That's the answer. Their goaltending has been sensational since the first three games of the season. And, by the way... Everybody was talking about, well, they didn't bring their, their big-time goaltender who was up for the uh, Venziana Trophy last year. How about Volkov, what he's done so far this year? How about Grice, what he's done this year uh, with their goalie? I think they have the best goalie coach in all of hockey, and they have one of the top defensive teams in hockey. I've told you this, Beef, and I'm going to say it again. Defense wins championships. And they have the they haven't even played Noah Dobson at all this year yet. The they haven't even played 
arguably their most talented defenseman. He hasn't even They're played yet. They're putting the puck in the net. They're putting the puck in the net. Wait, wait, wait. Time out, You're saying the Islanders don't put the puck in the net? No, I'm not saying that. I'm like... He says he's saying you need defense to win the championship. Absolutely, well, actually, you do because it's been. And it, I said you still have to put the puck in the net. To right, win and they have guys that could do that. They they're lacking. Do you, know, do you know that they're doing? They're scoring goals with ton of injuries. It's actually making me wonder. You know, listen in a system, in Trotz's system, doesn't matter if you have talent or not. It's a system that's productive, and it's showing right now because right now, the Allens have a slew of injuries. And they're still winning. And they scored, what, five goals on the Flyers or six goals? And the Flyers are, six, yeah. are a goal-scoring team. They scored seven yeah, goals the, the night before. Good, the Flyers aren't really a good hockey team. I, so. Actually, they are. They actually are. So. It takes it takes AV. It, it happened with the Rangers. It took a month or two for the teams to understand AV's system. And then when they did, they flourished. You know that as a Ranger fan. Philadelphia is playing good hockey. What are you talking about? Philadelphia Mike? Flyers are five and loaded. three. I think. I think they're five and three right they now. They are loaded with talent. I, I'll tell you this right now. This is going to be the Rangers' problem all season long, and I've said this over and over again because you think their defensive parent, their first defensive parent, is good. It's not. Chuba is the only decent defensive player. He's actually not good. He's overrated. Yeah. I said decent. I didn't say he's great. Uh, he's not. Even, he's not even. He's decent, man. Truma is considered a top four defenseman in the league because that's how everybody's categorized. But he's not a legitimate one-two. He's not. He's a one. Trouba no, he's one. not. No, he's a one on your team because you lack a one. And I'll no, tell you, he's not a one. He wasn't even a one in in uh, in Winnipeg. He's not a one. He was. No, he was not. No, he wasn't the number no, one. No, he was not. He wasn't the number one. He the was number not. one was Bufflin, then he regressed, and it's Morrissey. He's not even close to a one. Truber is an oh, – I hate to – you paid him $8 million because of who he is, but he's really a, a tweener of a three and a four. He's not a one-two. Like, for example, Letty's not a two. To me, Letty's more of a three. I'll tell you this right oh. now, Mike, and I've said this over and over again to you, and I'm going to tell you, you can find offense in a system. You can't find defense. Defense does not grow on trees. That's why well, they, they and have, they, hold they on, Mike. I know you like to jump in because I, I you want to protect the Rangers. There's nothing to protect the Rangers right now. Yes, the Rangers have a young guy in Adam Fox. Adam Fox has done nothing yet. You know he's playing third pairing right now. He's doing nothing yet with that, Mark Stahl. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Which I get what you're saying. He's young, and I agree with you. But you can't sit there and say. Noah right Dobson. Noah Dobson hasn't played yet. You can't even sit there and say that Adam Fox is going to be a top four because you have no idea I'm what he is. I'm not saying that. I'm saying he has potential to be. Okay, you, I have I have potential to play in the NHL right now if I actually can go on the ice and skate again. I, I mean, oh, does no, that mean Adam I'm going to be that? Does it does it does it mean I'm going to do that? No. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm telling you this right now. The, the Islanders have an abundance of defensive players. It's ridiculous. They have good defensive players in their farm system. They built around it. Bodie Wild. They they haven't even called him up yet. He's one of the best United States defensive players in the AHL. Well, he was injured. Yeah, but I'm I'm just saying, he's a great defensive player. He played on the junior United States team over the last couple of years. He's been the best defensive player in the United States team. And they have Mike, I know you're a big Ranger fan. You know what the problem with the Rangers are? Defense. Besides defense, they spent money 
on players they shouldn't have spent money on. Like who? I mean, I'm not going to lie. Panarin's not worth $10.5 million. He's not. Yes, he is. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Oh my. Has he ever been top five in the league? No, he has not. Go look at his stats right now. I really don't care. It's the beginning of the season. What are we, eight games in? Six games in? All right. So and you want to go? Your best player is Zabinijad, and I hate, you're going to have to pay him. They will pay him. He ain't going anywhere. He's going to be the next Ranger captain. Okay, and what cap space do you have? You're running out of cap room. They'll pay him. No, no, I know they're going to pay him because he's like 26 years old. But what I'm trying to get at is, okay, your, your number one pick from two years ago, it fled to the KHL. Okay. Like, there, there's issues there. I You can sugarcoat it because I'll tell you, and I love Kako. Kako is, is obviously a no-brainer of a pick, but you spent money on horrible players. And what are you going to do with Kreider? You're going to trade him? You just That's traded Naminchikov off because of the fact that if you need a cap room to play with, no, just in case you make deals. Sunk anyway. He's a guy sunk. No, no, I, I'm not disagreeing, but, you know. How do you get rid of him? The guy with the guy state. Okay, you're going to have to pay Puchnevich, I think, in about a year or two. You're going to pay him? Okay. You can't pay everybody because you have a salary cap. I understand that. So I, I don't think they overpaid for Panarin like you think they did. Oh, I think so. I think, I think only, to me, there's only a few players worth $10 million or more. Only a few. That's how ridiculous salaries are. Well, I'll tell you what's right in the Rangers. It's Henrik Lundqvist. No. No, actually, actually, I mean, don't get me wrong. He's getting up there in age, but he's actually giving you reason in the few games to actually win Ow. games. He's been horrible. Hold on, hold on one second. So is you're the his, one. Is it his you're the fault one that you have a horrible defense? They do have a horrible defense. I mean, there's so many pucks you could try to stop, bro. No, I understand that. By the way, by the way, if you're watching this basketball game, RJ Barrett is taking over this game. He already has. He's gonna have 16 points. He has 11 rebounds. He's taking over the game now. So I think the Knicks you got a player. Look, I think bro, the Knicks Lund- got a player. Lund- has not, he has not looked good at all. He hasn't. Got to hit these foul shots. How many goaltenders would play well in that defense, though? <laughs> that, you know, I, don't think, he's, I don't think he's playing well because of his age. Dude, he, he's, I mean, old. I understand. You're right. He's old, but he's still got it. He doesn't look like, for example, Jonathan Quick looks like a shell of himself, but also the Los Angeles Kings defense is putrid. Is that fair? Because the other day, Jonathan Quick no. had like 40 saves and only gave up one goal. All right, let's get right, off right. the subject. What, right, next question, next question. All right, next question. Uh, two NBA wants to finish it off. We were talking about the Knicks earlier. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr. struggles opening up the season, eliminating minutes, and Knicks fans are getting at him, chanting, we want Frank yesterday. Do you think Neil Aquina should start at point guard and or take some minutes from Dennis Smith, or would you let it ride out? Well, if you watch Frank Nilakina in the championships, uh, uh, the World Cup championships in the offseason, he was one of the best point guards in all of the championship. I think Frank Nilakina, he's the best two-way player at the position. I don't know if he's been in the, better offensively than Dennis Smith Jr., but Dennis Smith Jr. don't play defense. I would start Frank Nilakina. I would. I mean, do I think he's a better offensive player? But you don't need offense from Frank Nilakina. If he gives you 10 or 11 points and he's going to play top defense, you don't need him. And he's a, he became a better shooter this year. So I, I think that 
you know, you, you have a bag of riches. Now you just got to find the guy that's going to run this organ, this defense. For, I mean, this this point guard position for the next five or six years. I don't think he's on the team. I really don't. I think the Knicks, if if they get a top five pick this year, which I believe they will, I think you go, you go after a point guard. Get yourself a top point guard, and then you you can build around RJ and your point guard, and then then you get the free agency. So that's where I would go. Alrighty, last one. The Golden State Warriors struggling to open up the season. This was especially bad, getting blown out by the rebuilding Oklahoma City Thunder, one thirty to ninety two. How worried are you about the Warriors without Klay Thompson and Kevin Durant? Very worried. This team, I told you, they're never going to win a championship a game again after after the last year. And I said they weren't going to win last year. I said the Raptors were going to beat them. This team will never win a championship. Well, I got a question. Again. If Kevin Durant was healthy, would they would have won? No. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think they would have. I think they would have won. I don't think they would have. Oh, my God. If Kevin Durant they was healthy, I don't oh think they would have won. Toronto wouldn't even, would barely win a game. Really? Yeah. Because Kevin yeah. Durant played in the first two games and they, they won. beat him. And no, they didn't. The Raptors won the first game. The Raptors did win the first game. Golden State won game The two. Raptors won the first game. If and Kevin Durant then, was And Kevin healthy, Durant was not hurt in the first game. And then Toronto won game three in Golden State. Kevin Durant got hurt in the second game, and they won the second game because of Klay Thompson. It, I'm telling you right now, they would have won that series. The Raptors would have still won the series, even with Kevin Durant. Now, if Klay Thompson stayed, if he didn't get hurt and they all played, it would have been closer and maybe they would have won. But nevertheless, who cares? Injuries happen. They lost. They're never going to win a championship again. Oh, yeah, They're no, never going to win a championship They're again. They're never going to win again. Well, They're never going to well, win again. Why would, you, why would you be worried about the Warriors right now when you know they don't have anybody? So who? What did Warriors you say? Now. Talking to the phone. Shut the music off. I said the Warriors. I said they don't have anybody. So why yes, they do. They do. They still have talent. They have Draymond Green. They still have Steph Curry. And they have D'Angelo Russell. Who's, he's, not, he's not bad. I mean, this guy was one of the best breakout point guards in the league last year with the Nets. Even you're still missing Klay Thompson, and he's a big part of the team. Even with Klay Thompson. Let, let me ask you a question. Does Klay Thompson make them that much better? Yes. No, he doesn't. Well, Mike, he gives you an extra. Mike, he gives you an extra 15 he, to 17 he, points. Mike, here's the other factor. Yes, but here's the other factor, too. If they, if Klay Thompson didn't get What's hurt. What's going on with this Syndergaard tour around New York? Like the, guy's, the guy sucks. He's at the Islander game. He's at the Nick game. Oh, God. He's been Syndergaard. like that. He's been that like that all the time. Who is this? Who? Noah Syndergaard. Mike. Guy's an idiot. Mike, let me ask you a question. If Klay Thompson doesn't get hurt, do they even go after D'Angelo Russell? Um, I don't maybe. I don't yeah, think because so. they knew they would lose the Rams. Yeah, but they probably would have replaced him up with a player more like Durant, they, which they, is hard they, to find. But still, still, they probably still would have signed the right. But they, they I don't, Durant, D'Angelo so. Russell is more like Clay Thompson. He is like Kevin Durant. So, so I don't know if they would do you that. Ask, you asked me a question, I give you my answer. Right. So. What was your answer? He thinks they I still would have. Probably still would have drafted. They probably still would have went for him. And, if they wasn't hurt. And so. I think. And I think you're on drugs. That's what I think. Because oh, there was nobody. I, I, there was nobody. Idiot, there so. was nobody stopping anybody in the paint. Even and, uh, the way the way that the Toronto Raptors were playing in the paint, they were dominating in the paint the whole series. They won if they would have had Durant. How? They're not a good defensive. Oh, they're not a good defense all around def- good defensive team, no. and they're not they good in the won. paint they, defensively they, they, they for rebounds. Won. They're not a good offensive they, they rebounding team. They, no, they wouldn't have. No, they wouldn't have. No, they wouldn't have. No, who well, would have lost? The Raptors? Because it didn't happen. So. Well, that's right. They they would have lost. No, they wouldn't have. 
and you're an idiot. So. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and that's the way I feel about you because how could oh, you say they would have lost? Thank so. you. Then, uh, yeah, just like it's uh, you, can, you can change teams. Yeah, nice. What do you mean? I was 11 years oh. old. That doesn't matter. I was 11. I, I'm allowed to change it when I'm 11 years old, when I'm a kid. No, you're not. Yes, I am. I'm allowed to change my team when no, I'm 11 not. years old. One now, Mike changing his team to the Patriots at 44, 44 years old, that's different. Well, my, well, I don't consider him a Patriots fan. He's a Giants fan, so he's an idiot, too. Well, you're an idiot. How's that sound? Believe me, I couldn't stand <laughs> the Giants draft either, but I couldn't. I don't change teams. Hey, the fact- Dude, I hate to say it, but the Giants are only going to get worse. So. Oh, stop it. Until they clean house, it's only going to get worse. Thanks, Beef. Well, you got it. Talk to you guys later. Well, that's it for our show. That was the Beef. Uh, so we uh, we had all we had a couple of new callers and um, the same old callers, and which we like it. I, I like the Beef calling up. He's a fan, and and I like Jeff, even though he's a pain in the ass. And he talks about his crappy <laughs> Patriots. I, I can't stand it. But you know what? The Patriots are a dominant team right now, and. They deserve a lot of respect for what they're doing right now on the field. So he's right, but I, I'm sick and tired of talking about it. But one eight seven seven nine zero nine ninety nine seventy seven is the number to call the show. WorldWideSportsRadio.com is the way to follow us, guys. You can follow us on all the social medias from Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, YouTube. You can follow us on TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Sirius Radio. We're all over. We're on every single podcast. If you miss our shows live, you can listen to the replays. Speedy posts it every single day. Wow, what a show today, man. Very draining. But you know what? I love it. Love it. I love uh, working with Mike and Speedy. Sometimes I love working with you, and sometimes you give me a headache. Speedy, do you have anything to say before we go to the fans? No, I do not. not. Not today. I think we. I got everything out that I needed to in football. Well, I don't let you say those things that like Tyler does. Oh, you can follow us from Periscope. Da, 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 da. Tyler should well, no, be doing. No, you already said that. So well, Tyler, need, Tyler should be show. doing that. He's the leader of the show when, until he gets his lead in in the studio. Tyler should be saying and not forcing you to say it. That, that's what the lead does. But nevertheless, sometimes I wonder with Tyler on how yeah. he does things. Anyways, Mike, do you have anything to say before we go? Nope. It's a pleasure. Peace out. Wow, you guys are. Guys are boring, man. Absolutely boring to say goodbye to the fans. I like to thank all the fans that listen to our shows every single day. Keep listening to our shows. We're going to be doing some uh, events in the near future uh, at a a store near you or uh, a facility near you. So stay tuned for that. We'll definitely post it all over social media when we do do that. Um, I guess that's it. Uh, We will talk to you guys next Monday. Me, Mike, and Mr. Speedy Petey. Until then, I will talk to you guys on Thursday for Below the Mic. Good night, everybody. You're you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.